First round, make it count, toss it out, stir up the crowd. Second round, throw it down, knock a out, time to get loud. It's the Two Beer Podcast time. Welcome back to the Two Beers Podcast. We are you and you are us pot of the everyman let's go jordan white here with my boy drew drew how's it going it's going good you should uh you should really write that catchphrase down on a piece of paper like on your laptop so you don't forget it i didn't forget it that was beautiful what are you talking about uh, you i i th- thought you were struggling there but you got through no right. that was it was it was uh that's called a pregnant pause you were just pausing for effect right did you call yeah, it, it just a... say a pregnant pause Yes. You're, is that is that you making that up? Is that a real thing? I God, I love you. A pregnant um, pause? The hell? I, what, what do you what do you what do you pause for nine months? What the hell is a pregnant pause? Oh my gosh, this is great, what great is a stuff. Pregnant pause. Drew, ne- <laughs> never change, Pony Boy. Oh my um, God. All right, so that's uh, Mr. We, Pony Boy to you. What What's that? That's Mr. Pony Boy to you. <laughs> <laughs> so we we got uh one of our buddies here one of our uh best buds from college the albert vincent cooley albert v w paul stillman himself welcome to the two beers podcast sir is everybody in good voice Woo. everybody is in great voice um, so before we even go further to, for Drew to tell us on tap, let's all assume positions for the two brew salute. Three, two, one. Oh, come on now. Come on, baby. All right. I will lead us off. I have another Belgian as I get through this sampler. It is Pirate, P-I-R-A-A-T, Belgian L. It is... Ten and a half percent. Let's go. Oh man! Oh, pouring this, pouring this thing in a glass. Uh, Drew, oh, very, shit, shit, very, what you got? Very fitting, since it sounds like pirate, and we're going to be talking some pirates later today. Um, I did it in honor of Seton Hall. I actually got an Icarus Brewing. Come on and slam! I've had this one on the pod before. It's a Munich style Dunkel Lager. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, I think since I remember that. Since we're talking, it's got the Space Jam logo on it. Since we're talking hoops, I figured why not? It was my last one. It's like let's start clearing out. My my my, my garage is basically a, a Joe Canal, so I gotta start really nice. these here before they. I just poured this out. super aggressively, and like two thirds of the glass is like the head right now. So, oh. and I and it it almost filled up and over. So that was that was almost bad. Albo, what you drinking, sir? I have a. Blue Point Imperial Sunshine. It's a blonde ale with orange and natural flavors. 9.6%. Nice. Uh, admittedly, if we were staying true to form and taping this, I would have been at the two-beer mark at the under-12 TV timeout in the first half today. But <laughs> uh, so it Let's goes. Go. Let's go. Um, now, before, before we even get into on tap, some of our listeners, the thousands and thousands of listeners... Probably like, who's this Al Cooley guy? Well, let me tell you, this is probably the most famous guest ever on a podcast. This is a guy who lived in the mean streets of New York City, and one time he was just walking, walking on his way to work, minding his own business, and out of a car comes the one and only Jay-Z. That's right, that Jay-Z. 
And that Jay-Z got off the street and got out of Al Cooley's way because that's Al Cooley and that was his sidewalk. So for anyone who wants to know Al Cooley's credentials, that's what they are right there. Couldn't have said it better myself. That's a that's true a tr- story. That's a true story and it was a very surreal moment. <laughs> All right, Drew. So what's on tap, brother? All right, man. So we're going to kick things off. We're going to preview... Uh, Preview probably there's a couple of fights this weekend, but the only one really worth talking about is uh, Chocolatio Astrata fight two, um, the fight of the century, man. Fifty years since Muhammad Ali versus Joe Frazier won for the undisputed world heavyweight championship. Uh, it's gonna be pretty, uh, pretty, pretty pumped about that. Then we're gonna talk NCAA hoops, the mystery that is the net rating, some teams to look out for come tournament time. And our beloved Seton Hall Pirates. We're really hoping to get Al's uh, motor going on the net on that uh, one. Uh, yeah. And then uh, we're going to wrap up our NBA time machine. Last week was a lot of fun where we went for the older players into today's era. Now we're going to take today's players and put them into the old elder era. Um, <laughs> the ever popular pit stop is going to come up. The parlay and then... Beer 2, we're going to do the same thing entertainment-wise. Actor time machine. We're taking today's stars, and we're putting them in the movies of old. And I'm not going to lie, people buckle up, because I got about 15 of these things. Cause I was just, oh, baby. Dude, I was just going crazy. I, I recasted an entire franchise, so buckle up. That's all I got, bro. Okay, yes. All right, so I'm going to start us off here. Oh, I got this head from this beer all over my face, and I love it. Um, I'm going to... I'm going to start us off here with um, Chocolatito Estrada 2. These guys first fought eight years ago, and Estrada has been um, chasing Chocolatito uh, ever since. Uh, they, they were at 108. He chased them to 112. And now he's getting them to 115. It's a unification fight. The bad Everyone. Yes. Yeah, so everyone in the in the boxing community is super pumped about this. Estrada is in the top 10 pound-for-pound um, pound fighters. He's towards the bottom, 8, 9, 10, somewhere in that range. So he, he um, he's uh, kind of kind of big time. But uh, Chocolatito won this fight on the cards uh, eight years ago. So, Pretty convincingly, too. Yeah, I, I thought, it, honestly, I, I rewatched it uh, in preparation for this, and it was, um, I thought it was a lot closer. I thought it was maybe a two- or three-round fight, and, and I think that was, like, the closest any of the judges had it. Anyway, um, so the odds are super close on it. Um, basically, what, what these guys are known for is they are going to be throwing just, like, tons of punches. Oh, yeah. Just just punches in bunches is, is not even going to do justice to what these guys are going to do. Um, I don't have I, – I honestly, I really struggled to find the compu box. I couldn't, I couldn't find it. But um, they, they threw something like – over a thousand punches each or something like that the that's first time it was like it was like the fifth most punches thrown of all time in, in their first matchup so that that's why boxing fans are just super pumped about this um you know i i don't i don't want to go any further than that i i'm not i i don't get too pumped up at this weight class myself um i i do think this is gonna be a good fight uh it's gonna be on uh the zone um, I said it properly, Drew. I love it, man. Love and um, so it's 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 gonna be the headliner. Um, so it'll be. I'm assuming it'll be 
10 or 11. It, it's going up against another fight, which I'll touch on briefly in a second. But, um, you know, I, I guess I'll, unless you want to say anything else, Drew, I'll, I'll jump straight into my predictions. Um, I think it's going, what's that? I, I said, no, I, I think you covered it, uh, you covered it perfectly, man. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know what? I do have the, um, I do have the tail of the tape here, actually. So, um, Estrada's 41 and 3. Uh, Chocolatito's 50 and 2. I do think that they're both on four or five fight win streaks coming into this. Um, it's fun actually, funny enough, the only guy Chocolatito's lost to, he lost to him back to back fights. Uh, I, can't, I can't even say his name. Um, uh, but um, Estrada lost to that guy as well. Okay. Wow. And then Estrada got him back in the in the in the rematch. Um, let me hold on. Let me. I have it right here. It's a uh, Srisaketsorongvise. Rongvisai. So sorry about butchering that name, but um. Anyway, so I, I'm I, I'm taking it to go the distance again. Um, I'm a little bit. Um, leaning Estrada um, for for the revenge. Um, Estrada is 5'4 versus 5'3, 66 inch reach versus 6'4. Estrada is now 30. He fought Chocolatito when he was age 22 last time. So he's 30 and Chocolatito is 33. Um, I, I, I'd say Chocolatito is the heavier puncher, um, but uh, both of these guys have plenty of knockouts at this point. Um, but I don't think they're going to knock each other out. Um, so, or wait, I have the knockout numbers here. Four, 41 wins for Estrada, 28 KOs. Chocolatito, 50 wins, 41 KOs. But I'll take Estrada on the cards. What, what do you got, Drew? Yeah, I think Estrada's going to win eight rounds to four on the cards. Might have a couple of knockdowns in there, so the you know, score might vary. Um between 116 and 112 but yeah i think he's uh, I, I think he's the better fighter now he's more got more experience i think he's gonna learn take take that first fight um go back learn from it like you said he's he's in the lower half of the pound for pound now um you know it's got a lot of hype i don't know how excited it'll be exciting from the, to your point these guys are gonna throw a lot of punches kind of like that one we watched with uh Cole, Cole Stevenson uh, was a month ago where those guys threw over like 1,500 punches, it seemed. Um, but yeah, I think ultimately, I think Estrada is just a better fighter at this point in their in their careers. And he uh, he wins eight rounds to four. Okay. Um, and I'll just real quick rattle off a couple. It's a 16, plus 1,600 to tie. Estrada um, it to win by stoppage is plus 33. He's plus 130 to win. Um, on the cards, Chocolatito is plus 500 to win by stoppage and plus 275 to win on the cards. Um, Estrada is favored just straight up. Estrada's favored minus 167, Chocolatito plus 138. So it, tight, tight odds, real tight odds. Dude, this, um, wouldn't, this wouldn't be a totally crazy fight for us to go, uh, go, go draw on for plus 1600. That, I, I was going to mention that. Yeah. I was gonna <laughs> right, just for, that. just for funsies, go five bucks on uh five to 10 bucks on the draw. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it really could go that way. Um, anyway, so those are our predictions, pre uh, predictions. There are, um, a couple other fights on this card that honestly, boxing fans are very excited about these two. One is a, is a women's match. Um, 
McCaskill's nine and two with three KOs going up against Cecilia Brakus, 36 wins, nine KOs. I don't really watch women's boxing. I'll watch this because it'll be right before um, the Estrada Chocolatito. Uh, no expectations going in. Uh, hopefully it's entertaining. The other fight uh, people are excited about, um, WBA World and Ring Magazine Light Fly Flyweight Championship. So I think it's either 108 or 112, I forget. But hmm. Hiroto Kayaguchi, um, his first fight outside of Asia. He's 14-0 with nine knockouts, um, and he's going up against Axel Vega, 14-3 um, and three, um, with one, with a draw. So, um, it's, I don't think, I, you know, actually I have, the, I have the, the odds on that one too, but I'm pretty sure Kayaguchi is the big-time favorite, yeah, minus 670. Um, it's more just the fact that he, you know, he's fighting outside of Asia. For the first time, so um, there there is another fight. Those are all on on the uh, zone. There's another fight on Showtime. Benavides, who you have um, kind of rightfully slandered a couple times because the guy keeps getting caught taking PEDs and missing weight and well, just no, kind of not, like, not PEDs. He failed a uh, drug test for cocaine. <laughs> was it? Well, it was cocaine. Yeah, it was cocaine. Yeah. I thought there was a PED. Thing I actually thought in there. I didn't think you were going to bring this up when you brought up the uh, the other the flyweight uh, fight. Um, yeah, so he's fighting he's fighting Ellis, uh, twelve round super middleweight middleweight. Yeah, I got that too. It is um, it's he's like minus twenty. Oh, here yeah. it is minus twenty five hundred. So yeah, I mean he should win that fight. He's a, he's a good fighter, but like you said, he's just kind of like not taking himself seriously. Yeah, so. I'll, I'll be curious to see where he where he ends up on the scales. Now that Canelo is coming to the division, you know I think a lot of those guys are probably going to take things a lot more seriously because that's, basically, you know, if you if you can if you can get in a fight with Canelo, you know you're going to be set for life money wise. Uh, well, maybe not for life, but you'll be set up for for a good amount of time. Pretty handsomely. There. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's why I, to me, like you know, um, I was gonna I was gonna do a heavy preview on that fight just because he is. He is arguably, even though he doesn't have a belt at that 168, um, outside of Canelo, he's considered the best. Uh, Biggest name at that weight, if he yeah. could just get but even, himself even together. Even everyone ranks him high. I think everybody ranks him higher than uh, than Plant and Billy Joe and all those guys. Uh, I would you know have what? thought so he, myself, yeah. Yeah, but you know what? I mean, he doesn't I, – I, I hope we see him at Berlanga here in the next year. Um, but you know what? He doesn't, he doesn't take – The monster. Yeah, if he doesn't – you know. He he doesn't respect the sport and the fans when he misses. I'm pretty sure you called Berlanga the beast last week. I meant to correct you. Did on I? That. I think so. I think uh, I think it was beer too. I think you were getting drunk. Oh, I apologize. Um, but yeah, so you know, if he's not going to respect the sport and the fans to you know make weight, uh, we don't need to waste time talking about him until he starts showing he can. So uh, yeah. I think yeah, I think I think he'll get a stoppage in like round eight, maybe round nine. Yeah, uh, you know what? Um, the over under is um seven and a half for that okay yeah i wouldn't yeah so that's I, right what'd you say eight yeah so yeah, that's right eight. there yeah so i'd probably go i'd probably go over if you're gonna do it go seven to seven to twelve yep all right um anyway let's just let's just wrap those up because we got uh we got more stuff to talk about here um so on monday it was the 50th anniversary the fight of the century ali versus fraser one um 
you know, uh, you, you said you wanted to carry this conversation a little bit, so I'll, I'll, I'll kind of clear the deck for you. But um, well, I said it, we would, it, I, I said we would tag team it. Wow, just tried to put it on a tee for you, Drew. Uh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but ESPN had a, a two-hour um, extravaganza. Yeah, it was really cool. Celebrating it on uh, on Sunday. So, um, yeah, we both watched it. So, what you said you scored the whole fight. Yeah, I did. It was really well. It was really cool. If anybody has ESPN Plus, it's it's on. That's where you watched it, right? I did. Yeah. Yeah, it's on demand. They basically it was Joe Testator, um, Andre Ward, and it, it, I always forget Kriegel's name, first name, but Kriegel, I, Mark Mark Kriegel. I uh, those three guys hosted the hosted the uh, the basically a watch along, but they remastered the fight in high def and high res. And so it was so. It really, I wouldn't necessarily say high def, but they it, they remastered yeah, it and I, it I, looked so good. I felt like I was watching Rocky One. With the way yeah. the way it was yeah. it was being filmed, um, so it was really cool. You know, I mean, this was you know, we're we're talking about super fights coming up here between like Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury. I mean, that was this that was that was that type of fight on steroids. Three hundred million people watched that fight. I mean, that's insane. Three hundred million people. Um, yeah, bo- that's when boxing was in its glory. Like the back then, that I mean, if you were the world heavyweight champion, you were more popular than Mickey Mantle, and that says a lot for um, for the time. So almost as down- popular as Al Cooley no, today. Like that's I, that's that what is, we're talking that, here. That is true. Jay Z would not have gotten off the street for Muhammad, but he got off of there for Albo. Um, so yeah, the fight took place in MSG, which I think was they said was only three years old at the time, which is kind of kind of remarkable. The remake of it. Oh, is that what it was? The remake of it? I mean, it's been there for. A, I mean, this is where we need Al to jump in if he's. Yeah, I feel he, like the if, garden's older than. Do you, 50 Al, years do you, old, you have right? any garden knowledge like that? There was the old garden and the new garden. Um, the original garden is not at the current location. Uh, I don't okay. know how long this one has been around for, but it's been at least forty years. Of the okay. new one, so it must have been the new one that, that, that they were talking about, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah, okay. I, I I didn't realize it was that recent. I would have figured I would have pushed it back another ten or twenty years. Yeah, but I mean, I, you know, so you know, perfect venue for the fight. Uh, anyone who was anyone was there. T- so much to the extent, Jay, I, as, as I watched it tonight, you brought this up. I was shocked. Frank Sinatra couldn't even get a good seat in the house, so he 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 worked a deal with Life Magazine to serve as their photographer, so he could be ringside. He get ringside, yeah. I mean, Frank freaking chairman of the friggin' board, right? He had, he, um, he had to grab a camera so he could work it and get close. Yeah, so awesome. So, <laughs> and I mean, just for some context for anybody that doesn't know, um, you know, Muhammad Ali was arguably. He probably is. I mean, I think in a lot of people's mind, he's the greatest, the greatest boxer of all time. I mean, who wouldn't know that? Um, well, no, I was gonna say, Freddie. Well, I'm just saying. Anyone doesn't know, you know, Muhammad Ali obviously was uh, suspended of his title. Um, I guess it was what 68. It would have been um, something like that. Something like that. Conscientious he, objector for three and a half years, basically. Yeah. So um, he, he about refused the Vietnam to, War. Yeah. yeah. He, re- he refused to answer the call of his draft draft selection because of his religion. Uh, which is always a highly debatable subject with a lot of people, but we're not going to get into that because that's not why we're here. Um, yeah. So they he gets stripped of the title. They had a tournament to decide who was going to be the new world champion. Joe Frazier. Pro- I always argue that Rocky's the greatest uh, athlete to come out of Philadelphia, but I think a lot of people would probably say Joe Frazier is the most popular athlete um, in Philadelphia sports history. Wins the title, but you know, 
it's all it's almost like it had an asterisk the entire time he had it because he didn't you know the whole lineal champion he wasn't the man who beat the man he didn't beat muhammad ali so a lot of people didn't really consider him a real champion uh three years go by ali finally gets reinstated to boxing has a couple people forget you know he had he had a couple of fights before the fraser fight um jerry um on actually on they said that uh, Andre Ward said that he did not have a couple fights before the Fraser. No, he fight. did. He, to, he fought Jerry Quarry. Um, okay. Because because yeah. uh, I I thought Andre Ward was, said that was, his was, his dad was, and his uncle told him that oh I, he needed to take a couple fights before he was saying jumping he, straight. He was into saying this. he should have taken three more fights before uh, he fought. I, I misheard him then. Yeah, okay, that's what he was bad. saying. Yeah, and I mean I. I just recently watched the movie. Not that you should trust the movie Ali and Will Smith's uh, adaptation of 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 the uh, of the champ, but yeah, he fought Jerry Quarry first, um, okay. and then he. I forget the name of the guy he fought the second in the second fight back, but that that guy almost beat Ali. He went fifteen rounds and, and KO'd him in the fifteenth. If that would have gone, from what I understand, if that would have gone to the cards, that would have been an interesting uh, scorecard. I I assume it probably would have went to Ali because who would have you know kept the the super fight from happening, uh, and then that sets the stage for for Frazier Frazier Ali one. Um, yeah, you want to talk about the fight? Some of the the highlight you had some highlights for the fight, so I'll let you. Since I gave it the setup, why don't you go into some of that? Um, I didn't necessarily have highlights. Um, I, I had, I had basically the, the punch stats at the end. Um, oh, well, here, so, I'll give, yeah, here, I'll, so you want to yeah, go through you, yeah, like so, the body of it? Yeah. So here was some crazy, some crazy stuff. Um, I felt you, did you listen, did you listen to the whole thing? Like the fight on volume? I, did you mute it? Or? I did. No, no, I, I was listening to it. The, yeah. the play by play was so heavily biased towards Ali, which why I, it was even rounds where like Frazier is just like manhandling him with hooks. <laughs> They're like the, the, the one announcer just kept talking about how, how Ali was, you know, in control of the fight. Um, that was the main thing I noticed kind of throughout. I'm just like, what are, what are these guys watching? Is Frazier's like going to town on his kids? I, I did fights. note that as well. Um, a couple times i was like what are they watching like he's just bludgeoning him with oh yeah I, I thought it was insane um i had uh you know Fra i thought even in the rounds fraser lost like i felt like Fra fraser was just closing rounds a lot stronger than ali was um you know that was that was kind of a theme throughout the fight the weird there was that weird moment in the eighth round where like oh i guess they were they were trying to say this was a fight where he invented the rope dope or like Ali's literally just in the corner and like Frazier's just all up on him and he's just like tapping him and like it's almost like he's just building up punches by like little baby taps and like Ali's not even putting his gloves up. I'm like, what what is going on here? Like the balls that you'd have to have to not have your gloves up with a guy like Joe Frazier who's like got punch you know, hits you at one hook and you're gonna be unconscious for a week. It was just so weird. I, I was just like, what is what is Ali doing? Um and probably the coolest moment in that round, Frazier actually pulls Muhammad Ali out of the corner to come fight him, which was pretty cool. Um, yeah, that I can't, was crazy. I can't, what I, round was that? I think eight? it was. I think that was eight. Yeah, I think, yeah, that, yeah, I think it, was it was the eighth, eighth round. round. Yeah, it was the eighth and round. And he, uh, no, yeah, that was so wild. Because yeah, it's like Muhammad Ali is doing these little baby tap 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 right on Frazier's face. So then Frazier was doing these like almost like shadow boxing, like you're like you're going up against a punching bag, just like tap tap to the left tap to the yeah. right and then all of a sudden just like unload on a couple and then muhammad um does you know his infamous jabs and then it was yeah but that's where the rope of dope came in and um 
yeah, at, at one point Fraser just got freaking so pissed and frustrated that he he grabs Ali's wrists and just rips him to the middle of the ring away yeah, from the ropes. Go. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was Andy, that uh, was awesome. And Andy Ruiz should have taken the taken that strategy against Joshua there in uh, yeah. in the second fight. Um, hey, by the way, let me jump in real quick. Um, yeah. Jer- so, yeah, when Ali comes back from his layoff, 1970, he retired Jerry Quarry. Okay. Oscar bon- Oscar Bonavena, um, 31, put him to 31 and 0, TKO in the 15th. Okay. Um, and then and then Joe Frazier. So good Joe call Frazier. on that. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I also heard it on. I also listened to it on the radio Monday night when I was coming back from my haircut. So I had a little edge there. Um, any hoodles? Uh, 11th round is probably the turning point in the fight. Um, uh, Frazier hits him with a hook. Almost knocked, oh, I almost knocked him out. Ali got stunned. He was on spaghetti legs um, to the point where 45 seconds go back. And as he's dancing, he almost falls falls out of the ring backwards. Um, yeah. But he survived, he survived the Which round. Which he's still like smiling and taunting him, even yeah, though he's yeah. like clearly well, hurt. Speaking, speaking of the taunting, <laughs> I thought it was interesting that like the ref kept telling him to stop talking. Like... I yeah, think, I know. I thought I saw. I heard weird, that too. Right? It was like, "We mean, stop talking." Like, this is Muhammad Ali. What are you talking about? Yeah, super weird. Um, and then the the huge, then the, the obviously the huge moment of the fight too is in the fifteenth round. Frazier knocks down Ali, which I think is the first time in Ali's career he had gotten he was knocked down. down. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Right the at the beginning round, of yeah. the. Uh, it was very thirty seconds into the fifteenth. It round. was very Wilder Fury one esque how it happened, except for the fact that Ali got right back up and didn't go to the got team. right back up. Yeah, yeah, didn't go to the nine count like uh, like the Undertaker getting up from the dead, like uh, yeah, like Tyson Fury did. Um, Something to note, I, I wanted to bring up too. Um, one, Frazier was ahead on the cards, uh, pretty handily at that point, but it was kind of like a question of like, ah, uh, there may have been a couple, like you said, the announcers kind of like had, acted like yeah. Ali. But with the knockdown, that that really sealed the deal. Um, I had two swing rounds. Well, I had... well, I wanted to point out though, real quick, that the the referee was actually the third judge. Yeah, which, which is interesting. You don't really see that anymore, and I didn't even real I didn't even realize that until this documentary, and I was like, what? <laughs> like, it kind of makes sense, I guess, right? Cause it makes a the, lot of sense. He's and in there that, watching the whole time and can see. Like, he has the punches. feel of it that no yeah. one else has, yeah. and so he the ref. I remember. I think through eight rounds, the ref had it four four, and yeah. everyone and the other guy, the other judges had um, Frazier ahead, Frazier ahead, kind of comfortably, and it, and I was more closer to the ref scorecard watching it. Um, that anyway, what were you gonna say? Well, I, was gonna, I had two swing. I had round seven and round nine as swing rounds, um, and I think round twelve was close to one as well. So I think that's why there was a lot of intrigue going into the fifteen. Which again, we didn't even talk about that back then it was championship rounds were 15 rounds not 12 in the 80s they changed it to 12 um and probably because they saw joe frazier's uh, face after the fight and realized it was probably smart for these guys not to go a full 15 um yeah so you know before we even talk about the cards you know i i the one of the first things i noted man, dude, frazier really did look beat to hell man after like i know he like he he wins the fight obviously um but man he looked like he took a ton of punishment uh, the interesting story that they told during the special was that apparently he had to go to the hospital after, the, not directly after the fight, but not shortly there or, or shortly thereafter because his entire body wasn't working. Like, yeah, within the next day, like he he couldn't eat anything and keep it down. He couldn't, couldn't go, to, go the to the bathroom. He couldn't sleep. 
nothing. He, he like his body was shutting down, so he had to go to the yeah. hospital. Um, Ali just... went to the hospital just to like get an X-ray and only stayed for ten minutes and then got out of there real quick. Yeah, which be- want... became something that they like bantered about later, you know, before yeah, their second they fight. They want, yeah, um, they didn't want he didn't want anyone to think that he was he could be hurt by anybody. Um, yeah, so the scorecards, the the fight, the referee actually had an eight six, so that was the closest. Um, eight six Frazier, other judge nine six Frazier, and then this is like the uh, the woman from New York in the uh, Loma Lopez fight eleven four Frazier, which. You know, I guess that's not crazy because, like I said, there were two. I had two swing rounds, so I guess I and I gave them both to Ali. I guess if you gave those to Frazier, it's not nuts. But I I scored the fight one forty four one forty Frazier, uh, nine rounds to six. He gets the extra point because he got the knock the knockdown in round fifteen. Um, so I'm kind of right on par with everybody. So did the, now the the ref did have one of those rounds as a draw, like a like a like an even, and I, I'm like you you can do that, like. Oh yeah, I guess I guess you're right because it was eight six. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I noticed that at the time. I was like, what? I was like, you, you can do a, a tie in a round. I was like, well, okay. Can you do? I think you can do that now too. Oh no, you can't do a tie, but you can still if someone's so dominant in a round apparently. and then they get knocked down. Yeah. No, no, can... if no, if if somebody's so dominant in a round, you can actually score a 10-8 even if the guy yes. who loses the round. Yes. I didn't that I didn't know. Um, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so so here's the total punches. Again, the work rate and the output for heavyweights, heavyweights. Heavyweights. For he- is just un- unfathomable. All Frazier threw 631 punches and landed 378 for a connect percentage of 59.9%. Again, that's the the rope-a-dope that that Ali just lets himself get punched. Um, And then Ali threw 893. So Ali threw 893 versus Frazier 631. And again, that's all those little tat 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 tat, all those little things. Yeah. He landed three thirty, so he landed three thirty compared to Frazier's three seventy eight, for a connect percentage of thirty six point nine versus Frazier's fifty nine point nine. So, just a hellacious battle. Um, and it, like I said, you watch those fifteen rounds, and it's like you you see why they don't do fifteen rounds anymore. Quite honestly. Yeah, dude, it, pretty <laughs> insane. Um. I had to take. I, I lost my. Uh, I lost my train of thought there. Oh, but, um, uh, as you were going, well, I don't have anything you... else to say about it other than oh, the well, documentary two, was two, worth two, it. Yeah, the one. The one thing, I, which I just didn't. If I not that I have any reason to tell Muhammad Ali had a game plan for a fight. Obviously, the one thing that I, if I, if you know, if Ali could do it over again, you know, he was so active with the jab early and trying to get you know his his output and his work rate were way up there. Man, if I were hit the way that Frazier fights, that like kind of herky jerky, like right. get, gets his head down so he can get into the body and throw those hooks. Man, if I were Ali, I would have just been dancing, dancing, dancing on the back foot. And as Frazier was doing that, I would have instead of wasting just j- a lot, continue to jab. The well, whole no, time. not even jabs. I would have started throwing more hooks to his head while he's bent down. Uppercuts, I would say. Yeah, and uppercuts while he's exposed, like. I just I felt like he you know again the jab side was, to side with uppercuts yeah because like Fra- like Frazier just left it like he's just leaving himself exposed now, obviously he's got great head movement but I mean the way he's doing it and I'll leave with his reach I just the whole you know what's strange did you notice this I felt like there was uh, an absurdly low amount of body punches like like Frazier well, did Ali, some Ali, yeah Ali wasn't a big body puncher so yeah no I I he definitely didn't throw a ton I thought Frazier hit 
a decent some. I I thought some. I thought like an absurdly low amount yeah. for a fifteen round fight. Uh, but yeah, the, these guys they lived up to the hype um, of the fight. They you know threw a ton, made it exciting for the fans. Um, you know, the, the only other thing I want to add is when Muhammad Ali was on his hiatus, he was barnstorming the country giving speeches. And for whatever reason, he came to Denora, Pennsylvania, where my dad was in high school at the time and had a cast from a broken hand from his baseball season. And my dad freaking shadow boxed Muhammad Ali on the street. And Muhammad Ali was in a full suit and he slipped. And he told my dad, tell your children and tell your grandchildren that you knocked down the greatest in the world. <laughs> so that is a legit story. It happened. My, my dad got his cast signed. But back in the day, uh, you know, dads didn't care. And so in the early 70s, my grandfather made my dad dig ditches and he wore his cast off. So that's that evidence is gone. But um, <laughs> yeah, that, I just wanted to add that cause since this fight was coming out, out of his hiatus, I just wanted to throw that in there. Pretty cool stuff. What do you like? Yeah. yeah, how about that? Madison um, Square Garden opened in 1969. At the current version above Penn Station, okay, so 52 yeah, years old. The there previous version of the garden was up on 50th and 8th. Um, and there's mm, actually there. quite more to the history of the garden than I ever realized, but <laughs> we'll save that for another podcast. I was going to say, yeah, wow. so the, the fight, uh, yeah, so they're, they're right on that, two, three years old, the, where they were fighting then. Cool, cool. All right, man, well, I think that puts a bow on that, um, as my, sis does. my sister loves to hear us say. Um, so what we talking NCA hoops next? Let's do it, baby. That's the NBA on NBC. Uh, but, it's, um, it's, it's the, it's the big East intro now though, pal. Why don't you get with the, times? I know, but why don't you get I, with the times? old man? I thought you were going to do like the, the CBS music and then you just Brian Gumble here. Cause that just, that gives the ball me, is tipped. There you oh, are. Yeah. You're running for your life. You're a, shoot a shooting star. Um, so Drew years. and I typically watch just just a, a metric ton of NCAA hoops. And for whatever reason this year, we've watched um, – well, I guess we could still use the metric system, but we've but more like in <laughs> millimeters and centimeters. So we've, we've barely watched anything else. So well, I'll, blame it on, I'll blame it on two things. One. Ow. Ow. Oh, sorry. No, I was gonna say the alcohol. That's oh. that song. Blame it on the alcohol. Blame it on I the. Thought, ah, ah, I ah. thought you were trying to give me one of those. Uh, get me to do one of those pregnant pauses you were so big on earlier today. Oh. Um, no, 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 I was gonna say one. I think that it's just been very poorly advertised this year. Like when the big games are on. Like I feel like there's no commercials for like these things. Um, like even Duke, like Duke Carolina, which is the greatest rivalry in NCAA history, probably like. I don't even remember any cool montages or anything. The two games they played, um, and I mean boxing. Yeah, nobody cares. We're, I mean, we're pretty much watching watching boxing every Saturday night now for like five hours, which is pretty much NCAA like you know primetime games. But yeah, well, I mean NCAA plays all during the week too, and for whatever reason, I just just not not I don't know. I just missed it. So Al has been as just a ravenous neurotic Seton Hall fan. Al has been watching games just across the nation, trying to figure out how that influences the net and how Seton Hall could win a game and go down on the net and another team loses a game and climbs in the net. 
and how Seton Hall can make the tournament. And, you know, well, you can't lose four or five in a row down the stretch. So a wing that's and a, a problem. Yeah. So, um, okay. This is so Selection Sunday is, is coming up this weekend. I know that. I know that Baylor and Gonzaga are the cream of the crop. I know that everybody is just loving the Big Ten, but I hate the Big Ten. And so, I, so I, I like I one night I sat there and looked at all of their I was playing box score warrior and I was looking at all of their off seat uh out of conference schedules and nobody in the big 10 played a good out of conference schedule. It's ridiculous. And so I don't know why they're like, they're getting two number one seeds. Okay. Um, and other than that, I'm kind of just rooting for like WVU, like all the big 12 teams, like, cause I just feel like that conference is always just criminally underrated. Um, the big East, um, you know, if we make it and just kind of like, just, just some kind of craziness. Um, so, Al, what what are your what are you looking for coming Selection Sunday? Like, what what has happened in the net the past week, and and kind of like what what do you think is going to go on here? Yeah, the man, there's so many different ways I could take this based on the intro you and Drew just gave there. But that was I guess my motto for, in college for Sorry. for those that or for those who are not as familiar with the net, it, it's a relatively new metric developed by the NCAA that attempted to solve for the inconsistencies in the old RPI where the committee would look at RPI, which factored in the total record of all of your opponents, as well as conference and non-conference strength of schedule to determine the at-large bids in the tournament. And there was just not a lot of, um, not a great way to, to stack teams up against one another with respect to quality of wins over opponents so they developed this metric that it's and it sucks (laughs) i mean based based on a model that no one really knows uh exactly you know what the model is other than those who who work for the nca in indianapolis but uh, of course now there's an entire industry of people who make it their lives between november and march to try and predict what it is the ncaa will do on selection sunday uh and the reason I really got into it last year, of course, was because we had great reason to uh, be honed in on where our net ranking was for seeding purposes. and With uh, Miles Stephanopoulos Powell. Exactly. We'll, of course, you know, go to our graves wondering what if, uh, but, but life happened. And so here we are. To be honest, I wasn't sure they'd get a full season in this year. I, I know, right? <laughs> uh, the fact that Seton Hall's played 26 games means there's been 26 times we got to sit down and watch them play, which is just frankly more than I thought would have happened. And, of course, we all enjoy watching the games. But I'm, I'm most interested in seeing how the committee this year looks at road wins. There's been a lot of talk that road wins perhaps don't mean as much as they did in the past because, in most instances, teams are playing mm. empty stadiums. Yeah, good point. Um, I think that the... The percentages are slightly down. I think historically home teams win at around a 60 to 62% clip. I think it's in the mid to high 50s this year. So there, mm. there may be a little bit of a, a curve there. Uh, and then the other thing too is just in, in these conferences where so much of the preseason hype is placed on certain teams, they inherently benefit from that hype. And it's, it's one of the biggest complaints I have about the net and all of 
rankings in college basketball in general. And I'm sure it applies to some extent in football too, but I don't play at, pay as close attention to college football. There's the hype machine within these athletic departments that can generate positive press in April, May, and June about their teams that can, that leads into preseason rankings benefits you in these metrics because preseason rankings certainly play a part. They play a part in Drew's favorite metric, Ken Palm. He said that oh, before. Yeah. It, they, and it just, it, it carries over. So I used to laugh when I would see these teams pumping out stories over the late spring and early summer, but it matters. It matters if voters are voting you as a top 25 team in September and October for that first poll that comes out in early November, that, that gives you a benefit. And when you have a conference like the Big Ten, which has a lot of great teams this year, right, let me rephrase that, it has a lot of solid teams. I don't know that there's a lot of great teams. I think Illinois and Michigan both have the chance to be great teams and course Iowa and Ohio State are both right there and will probably be on the the two line or maybe the three line Uh, but the depth of the Big Ten you know playing each other night after night you you question once you get into conference play how much these teams um, are just frankly beating each other up as opposed to how good they actually are yeah they didn't play anybody in the non-conference and the teams they did play they were just like what you would expect they were like some here some there it's just like they what's not like they just dominated everybody outside of conference did you i saw tonight that colgate is the number eight in the net right now and they they've only played 13 games and and they lost one of them to like army or something like that but like it was like some other team in their conference beat a big 10 team and then a different team in their conference played a close game against I want to say like an ACC team or something like that. And so through those 13 games, Colgate played within their conference only. They are the number eight net. So they have them like as a 14 seed in the tournament. So I think, I think the committee's being real. Uh, they should be realistic with them, but like to your point, that's the ridiculousness we're talking about. It's just like these, these algorithms are just total crap right now because they're just based off of, Weight, weighted numbers that are just guesses. Yeah, I'm that, like, just just go back to the like the blind resumes and just just do that. Yeah, it's it's hard to compare. You know, a win over a mediocre team in your conference that may be a power five conference, as opposed to a win over a good team in your non power five conference. It, it gets tricky to do that apples and apples apples to apples comparison. Um, Colgate's interesting. I mean, if they if they win the Patriot League and get the automatic bid, then people won't think twice about it. But uh, to be in the top ten in the net, you know, clearly shows that the algorithm is skewed toward road wins. They're six and zero on the road this year, from what I can tell in the limited amount of research I did. There's only three teams in the country, or at least in the top one hundred in the net, who are undefeated on the road this year. It's Gonzaga, Colgate, and Winthrop. Interestingly, Winthrop is is in the 50s in the net, uh, so okay. not not sure why why Colgate uh, benefited way more than Winthrop did. But yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see where it happens. Uh, I think the tournament expanding from 64 to 68 games doesn't really sound like a lot. Adding four more teams, but it does <clears throat> to use a you know, bracketology word certainly soften the bubble 
Um, there's a number of teams over the past week that have been on that quote-unquote bubble line that just haven't played good basketball. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Obviously, COVID played a part this year with scheduling. Uh, Duke, so Duke, you, Duke got hit with COVID today, and they their season is done. So I don't know. know. You know, the if you're listening to this pod, you, know you the haven't. Was hoping to get them in no matter what, man. Yeah, exactly. So if you're if you're listening to this pod and you haven't heard that yet, Duke Duke caught COVID. They gone. They done. Yeah. Drew, you've been you've been mighty quiet over there. I, and Drew's Drew's second team is UNC. Been a UNC fan a long time. I told I told I told they have uh, a top right re- like their records like sixteen and nine or something, right? Yeah, they're but they still I guess there's the I don't I still don't think they're even ranked, which is kind of they're nuts. not. Uh, I'm definitely not watching this game against Virginia Tech right now. Um, <laughs> as we're as we're recording the podcast. Um yeah, did I you know, Net Schmidt, Ken Palm, Fen Palm, like you just know when teams are you just know when teams are good, man. Like I there's all this all this metric stuff is crap. Like, look at who the teams are playing. I wish they I wish they wouldn't do, like, the preseason top 25. Like, I know you have to, but I wish they wouldn't do, like, a rankings until, like, college football. Actually, I don't even dislike the, well, they don't, they they rank the teams. They wait, what, like, eight weeks till they do the, the playoff four. Yeah, the playoff thing. Like, I wish they'd wait a few weeks, because to your point, like, it is kind of like college football. Like, listen, the SEC, because everyone just says the SEC is the greatest conference alive. They just get like eight teams in the top twenty-five before the year, even if they're not good. So like, it makes all these other teams' wins look better than they are. And that's the same thing that they're doing with the the net in college basketball. It's, it's just dumb. Um, yeah. You know, I wish the one thing I'd say this year, you know, I wish the committee would value games played over some teams that are only going to get in like the thirteen game limit. Like Xavier's an example. Maybe maybe they I, I I don't know where their final record ended up, but at one time. Like, they had only played, like, nine games, and they were sitting ahead of Seton Hall, who, like, had a good record, but this is before the collapse, and they had played 20 games. It's like, well, like, how, how are you going to, how are you going to, you know, have more value in a team that's only played, like, 10 games in the season? That's insane to me. Um, so, I'll be curious to see how things kind of shake out here with the 68 team, especially with the, you know, they're going to have to have teams on standby, which... You know, I don't even know if you're a team on standby. Would you even would you even want to come in if they called you like Sweet Sixteen in the Sweet Sixteen? Is that how that's gonna work? Does anybody know that? So so let's let's elaborate on that for the listeners. Yeah, this it. year there will be, in addition to the sixty eight teams, a first four out list. So the committee will list the first, the four teams in order uh, that failed to make the tournament, but were the the next four up, and those teams will in fact be on standby. And in the event that any team in the bracket tests positive for COVID and is unable to play the game, the first team out would then slot into the bracket at the level that that team that test positive was at. So, say a four. Wait a minute! 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 We're 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 not so we're not talking about just round one. We're talking about you could be in the Sweet yeah. Sixteen, yeah. and somebody gets COVID, and it's like, all right, sixty ninth team, you're up. I don't. Sweet I don't believe that's the case. I think it's just the first round. Oh, I thought it was all the way through. I was going to say, Al, this may be your only opportunity to cash in on this five grand. <laughs> that might be a thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, last year was my best opportunity for that, but uh, it it will be. What five grand are you talking about? <laughs> I uh, I bet Al like ten years ago. Instead of Seton Hall, was it? Oh, the Seton Hall would getting... make a. Uh, a or is the final? I think it's just the final four, right? Yeah, if yeah. Seton Hall makes the final four. I gotta pay him five grand. 
<laughs> somehow it, the bet just lives in perpetuity and i don't ever have to pay drew anything so no, it's, it was it's just a straight, it was just a straight if they do it i'll give you five grand nice so yeah yeah okay it makes more sense for it to be the first round i, I you would think that if somebody got covid mid mid bracket that they would just advance the next team that, that team to the next round right yeah and that's what happened with florida state and duke today um, the ACC tournament. Yeah, that Florida State just moved to tomorrow. One other point I wanted to make on this, and I've been griping about this for a few weeks now, but the regional media coverage and the networks that cover these conferences, the bias is so apparent, it's getting ridiculous. You've seen, you know, Lenardi at ESPN pump ACC schools uh, higher on the bubble than others for, and whether this is an actual thing that's coming from the top down or not you saw it with the big east with the fox sports bracketologists keeping xavier and seton hall along the bubble line higher than some other places and for whatever reason i don't fully understand it but cbs and cbs sports network have been bashing the big east the past three weeks i'm not really sure what the reasoning is maybe they just think it's not a good conference this year and if that's the case come out and say it but um, the, the media bias and the way in which it plays into this whole process is a real thing because the committee's made up of human beings. It's not uh, purely metrics based. At the end of the day, people have to make decisions, and these people are watching the same same things we're watching. So yeah. I, I think it's just a little skewed, and I'm not sure that the process well, is that's, perfect. That's wild to me too because if if you had the you know up until a month ago or even then still. If you said which conference do you think is going to win the national title, I would have, if I had to bet a substantial amount of money, I would have put my money on the Big East because I think they have two legitimate actual national champion teams, and I don't know that any other conference can say that again because I don't think the, I I don't think the Big Ten's all that good. I think I think the entire conference is overrated. I so hate I, the Big Ten. So I, I, even, I don't I, I don't I don't even know if I think one of those teams. Can Big Twelve. Win. I mean. You're, you got Baylor, and then yeah, if anybody else catches Kansas fire. Kansas chokes. They can't do shit. I, I don't know. That, that's just my opinion. Before... ACC, Virginia is looking to repeat. Yeah. and then I, They don't have Duke this year, so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, before before Galepsi got – and I guess this will segue into our uh, – let's we'll, we'll do some teams to look out for, and then we'll talk about the game today. Um, I would say I got all the futures right here, brother. So, well, I was so, going to uh, say, I uh, before Galepsi got hurt, like I, I was pretty much – Settling on the fact that we were going to see. Are you saying Galepsi? Whatever. Gillespie. What did I just call him? I don't know. This is just t- typical Drew with last names. He's a loser. But uh, before he got hurt, um, I, I was just ready to have to listen to the mainline losers cheer another Villanova national title. Like I just figured that I that was going to happen. But they they just look so lost without him um, running the, the floor. And uh, Archie DeSuckano's brother is terrible. That he can't even dribble the ball past half court without turning his. Look more lost than you did that when you went that fifth year to Seton Hall, and I wasn't there to schedule you for all your classes. Oh, and you, just, you just wandered around campus. Dude, thank, thank, thank God all those classes were nights uh, at night, so I knew uh, I knew where what, what time when to I had show to be up. There. Yeah, it was pretty. It was a lot easier. I would have been screwed. Um, but yeah, so Alba, who who are some teams to look out for outside of the Pirates making a run here in March? I was gonna say, do you want me? Let me just jump into the odds. Let's let me Go let ahead. me list the top ten teams here in the uh, in the futures market. So to win to win it all, we got Gonzaga as the front runners at plus two fifty and Baylor at plus two seventy five. After that, we got Michigan plus four fifty, Illinois plus nine hundred, Alabama plus thirteen hundred. 
Oklahoma State plus 1,300, Ohio State 1,500, Iowa 1,500, Texas 1,700, Virginia 2,000, Houston 2,000, Villanova 2,000, Florida State 2,000, West Virginia 2,000, Kansas 2,000, and to round it out, Drew, because you brought them up, Creighton's at 2,500, Texas Tech at 2,500, Oklahoma at 2,500. Huh. We, um, we should throw a couple of bucksies on, uh, on Creighton. Creighton to win. I, you know what? They can shoot. Um, Virginia is intriguing they, just because, like, what if they get hot? Um, they can shoot. They can defend. They got wings. I'm kind of going Baylor for, for me, um, which probably is a death knell for you know, Baylor. Baylor, um, bro- bro- Baylor broke my heart 10 years ago when I thought they were going to be the team to upset, I think I think it was the Anthony Davis Kentucky team. Uh, that's when they had um, Quincy Miller. Who was, that, who was that big center that like just never panned out, who was supposed to be a stud? Oh, yeah. Um, um, I want to uh, say Poindexter, but it's not no, Poindexter. No, no. I, th- I think he went to Arizona State. Um, but, yeah, I was like I – I think it was Quincy G- – no, I don't even know. But, anyway um, – I, so I hold a grudge against Baylor ever since. Um, I just want to throw. I just want to whisper this, um, just because this team is getting real hot real quick. Kansas plus two thousand. Nah, they dude. They. I'm just throwing it out. I know Kansas always choke. breaks everyone's heart, and they are not going to win it. But I'm just throwing it out there. Just throwing, Alabama plus thirteen hundred. That'd be funsies. An all Alabama sweep. What are you, uh, Al, Al? What are you thinking? What are you thinking? Who are we watching in March? Well, I think that the trendy pick up here in the Northeast is UConn. Uh, they're a young oh. team and obviously playing really well the past few weeks with Book Knight back. I did not think he was as good as he actually is, and I've seen him play three or four games over the past couple of weeks now, and I've been pretty impressed. Um, I think, despite the fact that the ACC had a down year. Virginia still just plays such a unique style of basketball that if they're operating at all competently on the offensive end, they can shut teams down defensively and um, getting away from that, that top top line and the second line, Virginia is a team that'll probably be in the three to four range um, that may be a team to keep an eye on. And then moving further down in the bracket, depending on, where you want to go with this. I mean, we could talk about teams that are, that are certain to be in that are second weekend teams or maybe long shot teams that could make a run. Uh, Whatever you think, you know, I, I could tell you uh, for certain, I will not be picking that other New Jersey team to be a second team weekend. Although uh, they, they may end up giving a little bit of a fight to a one or a two seed, depending on where they get seated between seven and 10. Uh, I've, just, I think Texas Tech has has always played. Um, I like it. I'm I'm all on the big, style. big twelve. This yeah, year the Big Twelve reason. is is just a really good conference. Big Twelve and Gonzaga. I'm all on this year. Um. Hey. So I also found some some stuff for uh, Final Four. Albo. So um, UConn to make the Final Four plus six fifty. That, that's kind of juicy. They, they don't they don't have to win at all. They could just make the Final Four. And then um, Alabama's plus 400 to make the Final Four. I kind of like that uh, out of the blue. Um, and Drew, where was the one? Did I say Creighton yet? Creighton's plus 550 to make the Final Four. Is that it? Oh, uh, wait. To win it Just all? Just to make, the final, make oh, okay. the final Four. Okay. 
Yeah. Now they were like plus twenty five hundred to win it all or something like that. So yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I was gonna say I I'm I'm probably if 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 it comes selection Sunday comes and Gonzaga does or I'm sorry, Seton Hall doesn't get in, I think I'll probably be throwing all my cheering uh to Gonzaga. If there was ever going to be a year where, like, a Gonzaga or a Houston... To win it all. I like that. I like that, actually. I like your mindset there. Actually wins it all. Like, this is the year. Um, My dark horse blue blood is going to be Carolina, obviously. Um, Just because they got a lot of size. Like, I mean, Roy's bigs always take one to two years to develop. And now he's kind of in that sweet spot with some of these dudes. Um, So, I think Carolina could make a deep deep run. If I had to pick a a blue blood who hasn't really made a lot of noise this year, but it's going to show up for the tournament. Like, I'd have more faith in them than Kansas. Yeah. Um, Yep. All right. I like it. Um, So, who are we we picking? Pick one team to win the – who's winning the national championship? Baylor. Albo. Illinois. Woo. That's a sexy little pick. I like that. Uh, I'm going to go Zags just because I'm going to root for them the whole way. I really I want to go Creighton, but uh, I'm going to stick with the Zaggies. Well, I got three teams to root for. Um, uh, and I just want to say sometimes I like to say tourney just for funsies. And I plan on doing very little work and watching all the games. come. And it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. They wrapped it around this year, right? The opening weekend. Is that what they're doing? Yes. So the, the first four games, those four playing games will be on Thursday. And the first official Day when they play 16 games will be on friday, friday. and sweet. the whole the whole tournament is in, in in the state of indiana this year so yeah that's pretty cool pretty um, wild speaking of wild we had a wild game today overtime pirate st johnny's yeah look i want to cut you off because we're i, I just want to get to the nba time machine you're gonna you're Did, gonna you're gonna cut short the pirates i mean just so we can go lose tomorrow and not make the tournament. What's it like? What do you? We're really gonna waste like five or ten minutes on this. What do you think for tomorrow, Al? You got any faith we're beating? Uh, we're beating Georgetown. I always have faith. I think if we played with the energy level we played today, I think we'll win. Who's the Who's the center on Georgetown? I always forget his name. I'm actually kind of looking forward to that guy going at it with Ike tomorrow. Now, whoever their center is that uh, fouled out of the game that was dominating today. I forget, Jay. You know who who that kid? What that kid's name? No, is? I forget. Um, yeah, I'm excited. Listen, I, I, I'm so torn on what I want to happen. If I gotta go through another like eight minute scoring drought of this friggin' basketball team, I'm gonna lose my mind. We scored like seven points in like twelve minutes of game time today. It was insane. How does that even? I don't even know how that happens. Sure, so are you talking about Wahab on Georgetown? Is that it? Is that him? Yeah, I, th- I think so. He, I think so. Yeah, he fouled out today. He fouled out in the last like minute of the game. I was very happy for Ewing today. He was choked up after that game. Um, you could tell he was fired up, and he has a lot of history at the Garden. It's, it's the Big out. East tournament. It's uh, it's a great tournament. <laughs> Hopefully, we're back in person next year, and maybe calling in from uh, a local establishment after the game to discuss yeah, right. a Pirates win. But yeah, we'll well, we'll see. This it's been a very interesting month. Um, yeah, well, it was funny. Ewing, Ewing today thing? apparently was like was trying to walk through the halls and was stopped by a security guard, and uh, he told them, "Hey, man, this is my house." It was pretty pretty cool. Yeah, he said, Good "I stuff. don't I don't see your name up in the rafters." <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh man! All right, um, let's let's hop into our time machine here, and um, we're uh, Going back time is of the essence here. We're, 
um, Albo. Th thanks for all the knowledge, sir. Um, feel free to chime in on any of these as 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 we go. Um, but we are getting an NBA time machine. Players of of this year traveling backwards in time to play in the '90s and 2000s. We're going to talk about if they could do it or not and how that would work. So I'm going to jump right into the point guards. And I think number one we have to start with right off the bat is Steph Curry. Oh, wow. You uh, want Curry off the bat. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think this, um, is, this is probably our biggest difference. I, 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 go ahead. You go, go ahead. first. You go first. I was going to say, I don't, I, don't, I don't know that he translates the way that he does it today just because with the hand checking and, and the way that point guards were just so much more physical back then. I, I don't I don't think he's the Hall of Famer. And not that he couldn't play, but I don't think he's the Hall of Famer that he is today. Um and maybe that's just way off base, but I I, I, I don't I don't know. I don't see it. I I I I think he would be. Um and that's because one, I think he has a much better handle than a lot one that a lot of people give him credit for. Two, he's doing these things that he's doing with defenses giving despite not being able to hand check, I grant you that. But defenses are so focused on him all the time, and he's still finding ways to get open. Okay, but when he goes into the lane and just gets clotheslined, and they just call a well, common foul, I mean, like I agree. What, he, I mean, that's he's, well, that's he's gonna, six well, that's, foot. <laughs> well, I don't know what his, his well, that, height is, but well, he's, that'll he's a be buck that'll nothing. be a common theme of a lot of the the guards today is because they take the. But he's out. one of the smaller ones. Like, but you know, but he also, but unlike a lot of these other guys, he also has the ability to pull up from twelve feet and not have to go into the lane and and go for the layups like. He he has yeah. his he's such a good he he is such a good shooter that he can do all that stuff. I mean, if Reggie Miller can be that effect, I know Reggie Miller was yeah, that's taller. a good comp. I'd say he may, maybe Reggie Miller. Um, so maybe he would be Hall of Famer still, but yeah, I mean, I, do, now listen, hold on, well, let me rephrase. Do I think he's going to be a two-time MVP and the only unanimous MVP? No, like I don't think that. Um, yeah, just because the game was played differently. But that's I probably think, a good compromise. I still think I still think he's going to be. you know. Eight, eight to ten year all star, just because he's you know his shooting's not going. I, I know they didn't shoot a ton of threes, but he his shooting wouldn't it wouldn't go anywhere, and he yeah. he's just so good at getting open and getting shots off. Yeah, I think I yeah. think I think Curry would still be pretty tremendous. In, yeah. in, in all there. right, how about Russ Westbrook? <laughs> Man, we we got some off the bat. We got two names that are the same, and we didn't even talk about this ahead of time. You know what? I don't know. I, he's not even to me. He's not even good in this era. Um, I feel like he will do really well in previous eras, just because the physicality that the point guards would bring. He's just he he's, could, he's strong, but he's also yeah. way more athletic. Like than, I than so like, here, like so him he, versus Mark Jackson. Like he's way more athletic. Here's a here's a good here's a good counterpoint to the Curry thing. I think I think he's one of these few guys we'll talk about whose body and his pl style play could hold up to that. Um, yes, the way they did it. But I just don't think he's. I think he's a very overrated player. Like his usage is insane, which I don't know that it would be that way in the '90s. When yeah. Not looking for yeah. cards. Okay. Yeah, I agree um, with that. I, anyone that's listened to this pod knows I'm I'm a Russ hater, uh, and he's made me that way because uh, I used to really like him. But I I'm gonna say he's a dudski because he's a dudski in this era. How about Doncic? Oh, Luke. I, I was gonna put Luca down. Um. I think I think Luca would be good. I mean, he's still young, so it's hard to. It's hard to tell, yeah, right? Because he is still we're dealing with a li limited. But limited, you know what? He's uh, he's he's a great size and like speed. That doesn't necessarily, you know, you didn't necessarily have to be super quick back then. Um, he's got like an old man game to him, and he's just got so many different layers to what he can do. I I think you know it's hard to say what Luca's going to be when this is only year three. Um, yeah. 
but I think he'd be on the same trajectory that he is now. Yeah, I, I don't know either, other than I feel like he would do well. He's got the body. Like, I think the one thing he's got that he has over a lot of these guys is he's he's got the bot the like the frame. Um for yeah. that like for that for that type of basketball. Alright, Trey Young. No. I agree. No. Dude, that like, guy well listen, like imagine imagine the first time he pulls that bullshit where he like purposely stops short and like one has a, he's just playing that trick um hey ref i'm gonna trick you not really and gary to... payton just fruck just I, just chucks him into the front row dude imagine it being rick Mo- like rick, Mahor- rick mahorn you think you think mahorn and lambeer aren't gonna absolutely like they, they may kill him uh no he wouldn't he, his body wouldn't hold up to the physicality of the game that like that 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 bullshit he does wouldn't work back then. They you know like they, I, yeah, like I think he would try and be Iverson. Just I don't think he had, I don't think he would have. Yeah, what no, it listen, takes. the passing the passing with Trey. Like, I, I as much as I hate on Trey Young, I continuously say he's one of the best passers I've ever seen, and I, that holds up. Like I I think he's got just a rare gift with the way he's able to pass the basketball. But so he, would would he would he actually be able to play then? Like would he be like a stock? I don't something? think he's a great playmaker. I, I don't necessarily think he's a great playmaker. I just he's think a he's. A, I, I think he makes some just really great passes that are just okay. like awesome to see. So uh, he's a right. big, he's a big no for me. All right, Dame time. Uh, you go first. I gotta think. About well, it. I brought him up a couple times now, but like, I I kind of just feel like he would be like another Gary Payton and, and Gary Payton more physical. So like. Obviously, the, he wouldn't be playing the same way, but I feel like the skill set, the tenacity, um, man, I feel like he would be a great point guard in that era. I really do. Yeah, his he definitely has the mentality of those early 90s guards. Um, so he's a small guy. Yeah, Gary Payton was small, too. Um, Kevin Johnson was not big. Yeah, I think Kevin Johnson was, I think, still... More, more built, more athletic than Dame Lillard. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go with you. I'm on the same page with Lillard. I think. All right, your boy Ben Simmons. Oh, Benny boy. I actually think Ben would do well in the air. Um, because I don't, think he, I don't think they'd play him a point guard. Um, well, I, I think he'd be like a Pippin that like without the shooting. I was gonna say I think he'd still be a point forward because that's what he is now. Oh well, I guess he is potentially the point guard. The Sixers, good point. Um. Dude, he's he's one of the best defenders in the league. He has been for the last three seasons. I think that I think that was a rare, you know, I think that's a trait as a skill set trait that you just can't teach. So I still think he would be. And you know, I the only thing that gives me pause is that the game was played more in the half court back then, obviously. Yes. And you lose that open court um, dynamic with him, and he is he is a little too one-dimensional in the half court and he would be yeah but uh, not everybody had to shoot back then to be to be able to play yeah but he won't even shoot but he won't even shoot (laughs) it's not that it's okay but ben wallace didn't shoot either now he wasn't necessarily like chris like chris Chris dudley was still taking some jumpies back then but like ben won't even do that so um i i think he i think he's gonna i think he loses a little bit of the shine but i i just think his defense just translates perfectly yeah i agree yeah that's a, way, a good way to put it yeah all right Kyrie. yes i think i think Kyrie is one of the best probably the best ball handler i've ever seen play isaiah thomas would be would be a good uh, yeah. you know what that, that's 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 the plan that's yeah. the flag i'm playing he'd be isaiah thomas basically. yeah i mean the injuries are the injuries i mean yeah, we can't talk about that. Um, what his body, I mean, his body barely holds up now. Would it hold up to the rigors back then? But yeah, I, 
I I think he's so gifted with the basketball. Yep, I, yep. I, I agree. I think he would be great. Um, John Wall. <sighs> yes. Yeah, really? You, who do you think he compares to? Uh, you caught me off guard there because I wasn't even thinking of him. I I think I have John Wall glasses, so maybe I'm not maybe I'm not being impartial to him. Um, dude, he's got a lot of length and a lot of athleticism that people forget about. Um, I'm trying to think of like who. Uh, I wish you. I wish this is one we would have talked about ahead of time. About, <laughs> um, as to who he I think would've... I compared KJ to him when we did the reverse. He's kind of. Like to me, KJ and Russell Westbrook are very similar. Like a um, penny, like a penny Hardaway. I, I kind of like Tim Hardaway. No, Timmy Hardaway. Ah, uh, just because Tim Hardaway had those long arms too, didn't he? Ah, uh, uh, nah, that's bad. That's that's. I sound stupid. Um, I don't know who's comp would be, but I I, I, I don't know who's comp would be either. I don't know. I he, I have a big question mark for him because he's kind of not necessarily. I don't know. I I'm maybe saying, maybe John Stockton. I don't know. But Stockton was a better shooter. No. Yeah, Stockton's not. That's not a good one. And a better defender. So I don't know. Agreed. Which my brother pointed out. He's like, dude, he was listening to the pod and texting us. And he said, he's like, Stockton needs more love. What an absolute stud. Out of the five major statistical categories, he's number one in two of them. Where we, where we get, I felt like we gave Stockton a lot of love last week, didn't we? I think we did, but I think I, he just I needs definitely, in general. I definitely shortchanged Chris Mullen, which I got a lot of hate on. And I, but I, I caveated that. I was trying to be like, dude, he, he's a dog. Yeah, but I caveated that with like, hey, listen, like, I don't really remember Chris yeah. Mullen prior to like 1994, like outside the dream team. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was like, yeah, like I know of like, you know, the St. John's Mullen, this and that. So I, I kind of admitted that, hey, like I'm not as up on my Chris Mullen game as I need to be. But, yeah. All right. Know, John me. Wall, let's put a question mark on. De'Aaron Fox. Ooh, good one. Um, too, too small, right? As of right now, I I would say no, and I'm I dude I love the fox. Um, Me too. Yeah, I, I just swiping, don't think, swiping, no swiping. I don't think he has the skill set developed yet, but I think if I had to bet money on a guy who's gonna work hard to get there, it's gonna be that kid. I love him. Yeah. I'll never, uh, and I'll my never, brother I'll never, threw out. I'll never get oh, over oh. the Sixers making that trade for loser ass Fultz and not just taking Fox there. My brother threw out Kyle Lowry. Uh, yeah, he probably he. You know, I I think he'd be just a role player, but him throwing his like he kind of he kind of gives me the John Starks vibe. Yeah, him throwing his like fat ass at people that would people would love that probably shit. probably play right. Yeah, yeah, people would love that shit. Yeah. Yeah, you got any other point guards? I did. Well, uh, I guess is he a point guard? Your boy? He's a point. I guard. got him as the number two. Okay, well, you, we'll wait. Dad, Dad Vod, full full. No, belly. I don't have any more point guards. That was that was it. Full belly, clear heels, can't Spirit lose. Spirit Rhino. Spearman, the Spearman Rhino himself, I mean, I mean, James I mean, Harden. My, 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 our, uh, our loyal Hell method. no, he wouldn't be playing back then. Although the dad button kind of like works in his favor, but I don't, our, I don't uh, think he would be playing back. I don't think he would fly back then at all. I mean, what's he do well, well for anybody, other than, well, than shuffle his feet on, and hold like? On, hold on. Okay. A- anybody who doesn't, anyone who's this is their first episode that doesn't know who Dad Bod Spearman Rhino is, we're talking about James, James Harden. Harden. That's why I said Harden. I actually, and since I've been getting shit about... You, you think I, he's like a Reggie Miller? No, I, I don't know what he is, but I said it last week. I think I think playmaking translates, and I think that... I don't think I don't think his scoring would be as prolific. Sharif Abdurrahim, that's him. If you say so, I, I, that's crazy. But um, 
I don't think the scoring is as prolific because I don't think he would get away with that shit he does where he dribbles to the lane and he pulls defenders into him and he gets the calls in this era. Like back, yeah, he would obviously back, like, he yeah back then would that not shit, work. Well, back then that shit wouldn't fly. Everything he does dropped. now that works would not work. Well, like, I disagree I'm, because I think may, he, maybe I, maybe he would be creative enough to figure it out, but like well, I think I think. Say nothing else. No, none of the scoring translate. I do think he's a hell of a playmaker um, of setting guys up. I and I do think I, I think you're shortchanging him on his ability to knock down jumpers from mid range and three point. Um, mid range, I don't see it because uh, he I usually do. takes it to the rack. But I, I uh, think three well, point, I think he, sure. I, I just think well, it's not you know before this became a thing three years ago where it's like oh my god, don't you dare take a two like hard harder can knock down you know. 18, 18 whatever if you say so i um, i do i do i think harden i think harden would actually be a uh a solid player back then maybe mitch richmond is that all is right that, maybe that i don't know he's a hall of famer i, I was so. i was gonna say glenn rice or glenn robinson but uh i don't think glenn glenn, robinson glenn, was longer I don't, I, don't, but... I don't think i don't think glenn rice could move the way he harden does though because uh, i said I, you I are you are misremembering shot. glenn rice I just and, think his, and, and I, overvaluing I just, James Harden. I just think he was playing on forty-year-old knees when he was twenty-two. Um, Clay Thompson. Yes. Um, who would he be? I mean, I th- I feel like I'm shortchanging Clay by calling him Jeff Hornacek, but um, I was yeah. gonna say Dale Ellis. No. Um, what? They're, the, they're basically the same thing. I. I almost want to go Reggie. And he's a great uh, defender. I don't yeah. think he has. And again, I, we, I got some shit last week for, uh, appar- apparently Clay Thompson's got this crazy dribble that I've, I've, I've never seen it apparently. in all the years I watched all the warrior games on league pass, because I love the way they play basketball. Apparently he's great taking the ball to the hoop and creating for himself. Um, I'd probably put him closer to a Reggie Miller, to be honest with you. Offensively. Okay. Right. Um, moving without the basketball, getting open, like, yeah, I think I yeah I love Clay. And I think all right, my only other two I had here was Spida. I know you hate Spida, Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, he sucks now. He, he wouldn't be good then, and he's and he's mentally weak. So nah, he's a loser. Ah, uh, he kind of reminds me of like a Jamal Mashburn type, <laughs> quite honestly. I mean, Jamal, he's a Jamal Mashburn. Was wasn't he like six eight? Was he a Stackhouse then? No, stack, don't ruin my Stackhouse comparison because that's coming next. I have him on my list. Okay, fine. I don't have any other twos. I was going to jump into the threes. I have uh, my actual Jerry Stackhouse comparison, uh, DeMar DeRozan. I had DeRozan as a three, so sure. Oh, he's a two. Oh, well, okay. He's a two. Well, um, DeRozan's like 6'8". <coughs> I think he's six. But he plays, I mean, he plays two guard. Yeah, Jamal Mashburn was six foot eight. He plays two guard? Yeah, DeRozan, yeah. He's a two. Okay. Yeah, Mashburn was six six eight two forty, and uh, hold on, who who were you comparing to him? Mitchell. Mitchell's like six five. I think he's like six three. So six eight two forty, dude. Donovan Mitchell is six foot. Are dude. you serious? Yeah, he's six foot two fifteen, bro. <laughs> like, I'm like, what are you talking about, Jamal Mashburn? Well, that was off. I didn't think he was six foot. I thought he was six three. Yeah, six foot two fifteen. Oh, if he tra- just played so much bigger. What? <laughs> now, I lo- trust, now I love you, him even if, more. If you trust the people at BasketballReference.com, I love him even more now. Why do you hate him so much? 
I just dislike him because, and it's not fair to him, but the fact that people thought it was even a competition between him and Ben Simmons for oh, rookie gosh. of the year that okay. year. I'm sorry. Was, All right, so who who else did you say here? Um, I had DeRozan, and I think DeRozan would be an absolute. Oh, I had him as a three. I think there, I think DeRozan would be. Almost on the cusp of being a Hall of Fame player if he played. No, I think he'd be the same thing he is now. I think I think he'd be really good though. Okay. Um. All right. I'm so I'm going into the number threes, and I'm putting Giannis as a number three. And if that's wrong, that's wrong. But um, what do you think? I I think Giannis translates. He'd probably be a five if he played back then. Um. Uh. You know, I think he'd be good. Well. It's, I guess I'm kind of I'm kind of thinking the same thing with Simmons too. They didn't play in the open court as much back then. It was more of a half court. Game. Yeah, like can he bang with those guys back then? No. Like so, who's he going to guard? Where? What? What's he going to yeah, play I mean, on he, offense? I think like, I, he, I, you kind of feel like he'd have success, but what would his role be? I I don't even know. Yeah, it's hard because he. I mean, we've seen it the last two years in the playoffs. Like he he does struggle playing in the half court. Um, yeah, I don't think he'd be an MVP. Maybe be like a Jamal Mashburn. <laughs> yeah, let's see, six six eight for seven foot. Um, I'm trying to think of who he would. Like, obviously, there is no comp for him. I mean Odom, but like Odom's not in the era we're talking about per se. And not and not Lamar Odom had way more like actual fluid fluid basketball skill than than Giannis. Um, Fluidity, yeah. Um, all right, moving to Kawhi. Yes, I think Kawhi. He'd, he'd be a dog. He'd be perfect for that era, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, Paul George. I I don't think he's mentally, and I, I'm not making light of mental health or whatever. I just I think he, uh, I don't I don't think he'd be able to put up with the way guys used to be able to get into it. But how about physically? I, now that might be a good Pippin comparison. Who Paul George? Yeah. Um. Eh. Eh. Um. I mean, he's. I mean, he's got great, great length, rangy, can shoot the basketball. Um, maybe Byron Russell. <laughs> nah, I'm kidding. Um, You're awful. I know. I'm just kidding. Um. All right. So next guy, and maybe this guy's a two, but how about Jimmy Butler? Uh I don't think he'd be an All Star, but I think he'd be really. No. Nah, well, he's barely an All Star now. I think he. Uh, I, I think I think the way he plays and his mentality would make him. He'd be he'd play in the league for twelve years back in that era. Um, I, I think he'd do. I, yeah, I think he would do a lot of the same stuff that he does now. So DeRozan um, would be like near Hall of Famer, but Butler would like, like DeRozan. Not... Like DeRozan, I think DeRozan is just more skilled than Jimmy Butler. I think Jimmy Butler just has more of a dog in him. Like like Jimmy Butler, okay. I'm game. Butler will have games where he's like, you know, he takes six shots and has five points, and like, but nobody, nobody says anything about it because they're like, ah, oh, he's got that dog mentality. Anything that takes to win, right. even if he only scores five points, but it's like, dude, he's he's supposed to be your your max, you know, top ten player in the league, and he just scored five points in the playoff game. Right. Like DeRozan's still putting up his getting his getting his buckets. Um, this guy, I don't know if he's a three or a four, but um, how about Zion Williamson? He's on my list. Uh, he's He's a four. I I think Zion would be Sean Kemp, man. I, I yeah. Think, I think he. I, I think Zion could shoot a little bit more than Kemp. Yeah. But um. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. That, that's probably a good comparison. I agree. I'd love to. I'd love to see Zion. Go the guys now. The only. The only. The only thing I'd be worried about is back then they weren't teaching guys how to how to how to run correctly at the age of eighteen. So maybe. That maybe, is true. Maybe, maybe you'd, you'd have to run correctly. Um, <laughs> maybe he'd struggle there, but. 
Um, KD's kind of a tweener. Uh, I have right. him as we, a number said, four, we, but we how, we how about Kate? Talk about guys like that, though. What's that? I thought we were taking guys like him off off the list. Okay, yeah, yeah that's fine. They're all timers. Yeah, obviously Kevin Durant. Yeah. Um, Blake Griffin. <sighs> yeah, I think Blake would be. Uh, I kind of he'd kind of be like Carl Malone. Yeah, I like the comp. A less a less durable Carl Malone, obviously, but yeah, I yeah. I, I like think, that. Comp. I think Blake would would do really well back in the nineties. Yeah. How about Draymond? Yes. I feel like he'd, he'd probably. Be... I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure he'd get punched in the face a lot more because you could. <laughs> I'd be. I'd be curious to see how much of a tough guy he'd be when you could actually do stuff back then. But uh, yeah, his listen, his basketball IQ is probably top five in the league. It's uh, it's out of this world. Like you can watch games with some of these role players the Warriors have now. And he's got the ball waiting for them to like make the proper move. Would he be like yeah. a Rodman? No. Um No, Rodman Rodman couldn't Would he be like a John Sally? No. Yeah, I no. Rod, dude, like Dre, Dre, those guys couldn't play make and do the things that uh Draymond does. Um Hey, why are you getting so upset? Because um because it's insane. Um <laughs> I'm trying to think. You know, he, Bar- Barkley, Barkley's not a good comp, but like. All right, we don't have uh, we God. don't have the time. Are yeah, you serious, Barkley? Yeah. Okay. I just said Barkley's not a good comp. Oh, you're, you're, to... you're insane. All right, Perzingis. <laughs> I had him written down. Hell no. That, yeah, that there's week, just that, no way. No, he's a lo- he, no, he's a loser. No, he's, he's too weak, too fragile. Um, I don't think he's as good of a shooter as everybody wants to make him out to be. He's not a good defender. There's really. He's he's a he's a he's he's a slightly better Darko Milchik. I said it. Oh, I said it. Love it. How about Julius Randle? Ooh, I love that. Um, I think he I I think he'd probably just be what he is. Um, he'd probably get more opportunities in the post to score back. Then. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think he'd be effective. I think he'd be an effective player. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously he made his first his first All Star game this year. Um, I, I love Randle, dude. Um, yeah, I think he'd be effective. Yeah. How about, how about Kevin Love, speaking of love? Uh, Kevin Love, before he lost 25 pounds? Yeah. Kevin yeah, Love. right? Like, he started out as a back-to-the-basket guy. Well, he, he changed the way he played when he went to Cleveland because... They LeBron wanted, wanted him out well, of the they, lane. Yeah, they wanted, him to be, they wanted him to be Clay Thompson, which he never was. Um, but, man, people forget in Minnesota, and you can say he was on a bad team, this and that, but listen, bad team or not, like... Dude, he was putting up twenty, getting like twenty twenties, like a night. Oh yeah, like grabbing twenty rebounds has nothing to Stud. do with what your team is playing on. I mean, dude, he was a machine, man. Um, I think he plays. I, I think he does. Well, I said that's what I'm saying. I think I, I think before before the before the. I mean, talk about Arvidas, like. Um. Eh, yeah. Eh. Maybe that'd be a Malone. Maybe he'd be like a Malone. Yeah. Um. He kind of throw a name he, out there, you I, jerk. I was gonna say Sam Perkins. More athletic than Perkins. Hey, maybe. They got they um, got kind of similar games. Um, all right, this guy's name is coming up because he's not going to be with uh, the Spurs anymore. But how about Aldridge? Yeah, I love Aldridge. He'd be perfect for that era. Yeah. Kind of came up a little bit in that era. So, yeah, I, I think he plays real well in that era. Mm-hmm. All right, down to the centers. We got nine of them here, and then we can move on. Uh, Go Bear? No. Two minutes. He would get too, handled. Too, too one-dimensional, too fragile, and mentally he's too fragile. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Make, I, I agree. Didn't, I didn't make an all-star game. I cried because of it. Get out of here. Get out of here. 
How about Anthony Davis? Yeah, he'd still be a monster. What would he be? He'd be a center. He's like he's still seven two. Yeah, seven would two he three. be like an Akeem? Um, he'd be like David Robinson, to be honest with you. That's who I. Whenever I watch him play, that's who I really think of the things oh, that David Robinson can I, do. I don't hate that clump. Yeah. I'm how about, how about Jokic? <laughs> uh, probably. He's so hard. He's such a unique player. Um, so yeah. awkward, right? Yeah, he's. It's so hard to gauge. He's kind of like a. Yeah, he's like a Sabonis. Um, yeah, I, I don't hate that. I think that's why I always compare. I've always compared him to on the pod. But yeah, I, I like Jokic playing in the nineties. How about Brooke Lopez? No. <laughs> yeah, I agree. He he would get potted left and right. He'd, he'd, he'd be like a he'd be like a better Sean Bradley. Although, fun fact, Sean, you know Sean Bradley's like top four in all time Nets triple doubles. Top four, top five. No, I did that's, not know that. That's that's a, that's an Adam Prim uh, box box score warrior stat for you right there. Um, DeAndre Jordan. No. Ben Wallace, maybe not not the era we're Wallace talking about, but that, but Ben Wallace wasn't in that era, so. Yeah, it wasn't in that era. How about Cat? Yes, I think I think Towns, and I think and I, and I say that because I think I think because he plays in this era today, they want him shooting the ball more than he should be instead of just putting him down low and watching him dominate. Hopefully, the Wolves watch are watching like what the Sixers are doing with Joel Embiid, and, yeah, and realize like shit, like yeah, it's cool. He he can go down low, yeah, some, like, hey, like, like for cool. like at least a quarter yeah, of the game. I think it's cool for our like tremendously dominant seven foot center who like nobody can really guard if we really like actually utilized him correctly to shoot like six threes but like maybe we should put him in the post yeah and Embiid was my next guy yeah i think joe Embiid would be awesome like to me joel's hakeem that's my uh that's more of my comp yeah um, he would be awesome in that era yeah um I, I i don't hate i mean he's way heavier than hakeem but yeah i don't hate that yeah, I love I, I love Joel. Not as fast as Akeem, but I, I don't hate that. Yeah. I, I um and then two throw in guys. Javel McGee. Uh no. I feel like he'd play. I feel I don't know that he'd be I I, don't know, I feel like he'd play. I mean we're talking about guys like freaking like like you yeah. said Bradley. You know what is, and I feel and I've I've, I've like Mirasan played. Like yeah, he sucked. True. Well the one thing that I still want Chris that Dudley I, played, he sucked. Yeah. The one thing that I say that's very different. Like you can talk about the athletic, the athleticism of guys today, the skill sets, this and that. The one thing that I think a lot of players lack today that guys didn't back then was just like basketball IQ, like basketball know how, like how to play the game, like how to how to get in the right spots and get open. Like now, guys are like, okay, like pick and roll. All right, if it doesn't work, I'm gonna kick it out. I'm gonna go wait for someone to set me a screen and try to get it. Like that's just not how it was played back then. Like I think that. I, like, no offense to JaVale, but I don't think JaVale, uh, I don't think his basketball can figure that out. Yeah, very, very sharp or bright. All right, so. and then um, another one here, uh, Clint Capella. Um, No, because he's just too, he's too one-dimensional, and I don't think he's even that great at that dimension. Like, he can't. I feel like he's a guy that would play, but he would go up against Dikembe and just get blasted. Like he couldn't, like you can't throw him the ball and get him and get you a basket. Like I feel so, like they try, and Dikembe would just yeah. Him. Well, he just he can't do anything. <laughs> he's he's just so dependent on somebody else getting him like an alley basket. Like yes, yeah. I yeah, I, no, I, I I don't. Um, All right, I got nobody else. Um, I was trying to go rapid fire. How about yourself? No, it was good. I think uh, you know, last week we went a little more in depth on some of the guys because I think it's more interesting. I, I, think more, I, I think it's yeah. more actually bringing guys forward um, because of the shooting, this and that, where they would land. Um, 
And I think with a lot of these guys today, I think it's a lot easier to kind of see where where they would fit. Although I do want to touch on one thing that we didn't talk about. Uh, we totally whiffed on not bringing up Barkley last last week. And we had oh, he yeah, was probably point. one of our most debated players. Yes. In our in our lead up, um, some wild comparisons, some wild thoughts. So what do you? Think I, I said on? I said he would be kind of like Kawhi, and oh, I God. I got taken to the woodshed for that. I want to. I listen. I think Barkley would play great in this era, just because I you know. The way he could, you know, bef- yeah, before his Achilles went, obviously. But um, the way he could just get a rebound, run the court, didn't have to pass it out to anybody. Similar way Draymond does. That's why I was trying to say Barkley's not what he does, like his, the comp. But the way he can get a rebound at Barkley could just lead the break himself. I think that play is great in the league today. He could shoot the basketball. Like, obviously, he wasn't a three-point shooter, but he had a 16, 17-foot jump shot. You know, was you said Blake Griffin would be here. Yeah, I like to me that's kind of like his skill set. Like the I don't think I don't know if Barkley was athletic as Blake, um, but the way that Blake when he was probably one of the best five players in the league there in like 15, 16 seasons, that's kind of what I see Barkley. I I still think you're high on whatever whatever Crystal Meth Walter and Gale were cooking up on the Kawhi comparison. I I don't I don't okay. I don't know. Fine. We should put a poll up to see. Uh, how many people? Just do a yes/no poll. Charles Barkley is Kawhi Leonard. See what we get on that on the Twitter. Gotcha. Um, okay. That's Hold all I got. Second. Hold on. Okay, here it is. Um, wrapping that up. Let's do the pit stop. One minute. You let me know. Go. Um. Wait. What? So go. <laughs> wait. Let, I was to say. Let me know when to go. Three. Two, one, go. Okay, last week was at Las Vegas. William Byron, the 24, Hendrick Motorsports won. Uh, it was a very uh, good race. A lot of passing early on. The restarts, a lot of fanning out, five wide at times. A lot of fun. We're at um, Phoenix this way. This was the – we're at Phoenix this week. That was the spot of the championship last year where Chase Elliott won. Um, it's going to be a lot of the same stuff. The, the – um, Restarts are going to be a lot of fanning out. You know Kyle Busch is going to go uh, two lanes below the bottom white line. Um, There's going to be a lot of passing. But in the longer runs, just like last week, I think you're going to see cars start to pull away. So similar to how it was last year, my picks this week are going to be the three Penske guys. Kozlowski, the two, the 12, and the 22. Kozlowski, Blaney, and Logano. And then uh, I, I like Chase Elliott in the nine as well. Oh, wait, wait. Hold on. Before I lose time, Elliott, 550. Brad Kozlowski, 600. Uh, Logano, plus 800. And Blaney, 1600. Done. done. Cut it. My 10 to 1 did win last week. I I gave out three suggestions, and the 10 to 1 hit last week. Kyle Larson. Oh, wait. I said said William Byron. Kyle Larson won. Woo. I messed that up. Kyle Larson won. Sorry about that. Okay. Parlay. Oh, I can't believe I messed that up, Kyle Larson. <laughs> anyway, um, for the parlay this week, we we hit it last week. We finally hit a parlay. Um, I'm on fire. I am gonna take Saturday, ten o'clock. The Sharks versus versus the Ducks. They're playing back to back nights, and so the backup goalies are gonna be in. It's very tempting to take the Edmonton Oilers versus the Ottawa Senators on Friday night, but I'm going to take the Sharks versus Ducks, 10 o'clock Saturday night, backup goalies, lock it up, taking the over. Who you got on the parlay? I'm going to take whoever wins the UConn-Creighton game. 
tomorrow night to win the Big East championship on Saturday, no matter what the points cover. are, no matter who they're playing. Yeah. Either Creighton or UConn to Creighton cover or UConn the Big East championship. wins the Big East tournament. It, money line or to cover? No, whatever. Points. Give them points. Cover? Yeah, okay. Cover. Al, do you, oh, Al dropped off. Damn. I was going to say we can have him as a, uh, as a third, but anyway, let's do the Al. Thanks for coming on. Let's assume positions for two Bruce salute. Three, two, one. For my number two, um, I have the Founders All Day IPA Session IPA. It's only like four, four and a half percent. It's my go to in the nice weather, 4.7 percent. Um, we had a couple of nice days this week, so I drink like 60 of these this summer. So, number one, here we go. What you got, Drew? I got via Trogues, Nectar of the Gods. Yeah, love it. All right, okay. man, let's get fired up here. I feel like we're we're dragging ass. What's the matter with you? Oh, I feel like I'm just going a mile a minute you, trying you, to keep you up with this. I, I remember when I drank my first 10% beer. My Woo! God. Get moving, bro. Woo! All right. I think Bring the tar, actors. By the way, uh, I think the Tar Heels won. Go, baby. Actors somewhere, somewhere of... Sheeds were uh, Sheeds waving a towel. <laughs> nice. Actors of today, putting them in old movies. Yes. Um, and we, we there's no definitions around that. So yes. I have a lot of the them that I'm very excited for. You want to go just uh, one one for one here? Yeah, let's go one for one. Um, my first that I'm gonna start super sexy. Jason Momoa. Ooh. Playing Spartacus. I love it. I love it. Yes. That's a good one. Hubba hubba. All right, what you got? Millie Bobby Brown. Ooh. Now I had her for two roles. I know we should only pick one, but I'm going to say them both. Okay. Sarah Connor in The Terminator. Mmm. And Ripley in Aliens. Both James Cameron movies. Okay. But I think I think she would be she she would be that actress in the 80s, man. Nice. I love, like it. Love love me some Millie Bobby Brown. We're only Oh god, we're only two short or two and a half weeks away from Godzilla vs. Kong. Love so pumped. <laughs> All right. Which um this this one? one's a little bit off the reservation and then I'm going to get into some Oh, okay. More I'm going to go ones. off my I'm going to do my off the reservation one next then. So, Rear Window. Have you ever seen that movie, Drew? No. What is Jimmy that? Stewart, uh fantastic flick. Uh Jimmy Stewart gets some kind of injury where he has to like stay off of it. So he's in, in this apartment in the city, and he's just, like, stuck looking out the rear window of this apartment, at the apartment building across the street. And he just does this day after day, and it's all mundane. And then he witnesses a murder across the street. And the murderer's, murderer notices him witnessing the murder, and now he's, like, panicked. Like, But he's, like, laid up in a wheelchair and can't do anything about it. So Jeez. it is awesome. Uh, Keanu Reeves. Is who I I got in that okay. role. Um, right, I, I think he would he would do that just panicked kind of thing well. So, I I agree. All right, my uh, my off the reservation, Michael B. Jordan, big fan of the, big big fan okay. of Michael B. Just announced he's going to be film, directing Creed three, which is coming out November twenty twenty two. Can't wait. I got him as Indiana Jones. Ooh. I think he pulled. Oh, that is sweet. I, I can see him in the hat, right? dude. I think he pulled. Dude, he's this good-looking guy. 
He's charming. Yeah. Like he pulls off that. Open light. up that shirt. That like that like burlap shirt a right? little bit. And, oh, but then he can dick. also. But then he can also pull off the scenes where he's got to be dressed up as the professor. Dude, I, I think he would be awesome. And he's got like the humor. He can do like the action stuff. I think he'd be perfect. Yeah. This Doctor Jones man. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. Good, I told you, I'm, I'm kicking, I'm kicking the ass at all of these. I was so pumped. All right, so my number three here um, is is starting to get starting to get good, and then I, I get I, I kind of get better from here. But okay. um, Mandy Moore, okay, as Mary Poppins because she could sing. <laughs> okay, and, and, right. and I, I I got kids; they watch Mary Poppins all the time, and and just because she could sing, and she's just kind of like. I don't know. She's a little bit electric on stage. Big, uh, big, big kind of lover. Big so I, that, big, that's where I'm going with that one. Big role title, Mandy Moore, bro. Hell yeah. Um. All right. Uh, all right. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do this one. Leonardo DiCaprio. Okay. Luke Skywalker. Oh. <laughs> right. Okay. I don't. I don't see. No, that you don't one. see it. No. Oh, no. Right. no. Okay. I, I. I like the creativity though. Okay. I, I just... All right. All right, Luke. Ah. I'm a little mad. You know the blonde Leo, hair, Leo, the, the eyes. We talking like Titanic, Leo? Yeah, like, like a younger Leo. Yeah, like not. Yeah, not not forty five uh, Leo. But I'm yeah. saying, like, yeah. I think I, I maybe I'm cheating by by younging him up, but you know I think he'd be. I think he's perfect. Okay. Okay. Um. Okay. Um. This one I am super pumped about. I, okay. I hope I get some good response from here. Jim Caviezel as the man with no name in Fistful of Dollars, A Few Dollars More, and The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Okay. okay. Uh, the, good, uh, the Clint Eastwood role. Yeah, I can see that. I like it. That, that's where I'm going there. I, I think he would just kick ass at that role. I dig it. I dig it. Um, Jim Parsons. Oh, I was hoping you would choose him for something. Our our friend our friend Jim Parsons from the Sheldon. Theory, Sheldon Cooper, Forrest Gump. Oh, I I you you can't see me right now, but I'm stand I'm giving you a standing <laughs> ovation. That that right? is well played. Right? Yeah, that is so. Wait, let me let me pull my beer down for a second. That well done, sir. Thank that you. is perfect. Spot on, um, right? Oh, man. Now, now you get ready, because I'm about to give you a huge boner. Okay. Have you seen the movie The Graduate? Yeah, oh, yeah. Hoffman? Sure. No, no. Oh. Mrs. Mrs. Robinson. Yeah, didn't Dustin Hoffman play? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah but I'm yeah, saying, yeah. I'm not I'm not recasting oh, Dustin Mrs. Hoffman. Oh, okay. Oh, Mrs. God, Robinson. Yes, yes. I know where you're Courtney going. Courtney Hangler. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, roll tide. Roll tide. And I Missy also Cooper. figured for you, I, I I I wrote them both down. That might be a good one for Melissa McBride. Okay. Oof. Well, boy. I might I mean but, I might need a couple of minutes here. Yeah, I I th I thought that might stop your heart. Um. Yeah. That I was pumped about uh, that's that one. Good. I like that. Um. All right. I'm gonna go this one. I've 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 before we do the the movie recast. I have three others that are kind of like throwaways. So I'll I'll leave those. Okay. I'll leave those out, but so this is my other Because I'm up to my movie recast, so that's all right, good. Alright, well here, so here so here are my three throwaways that I was writing down, but I still like I still like Vince I like Vince Vaughn in the movie Big playing the role of Tom Hanks, Josh. Okay. I, I recasted twins with The Rock and Jonah Hill. Um <laughs> Again, these are throwaways. These were I was just writing stuff down, having fun with it. 
And then John Hamm um, from Mad. You didn't watch Mad Men, right? You know who John Hamm is? No. Uh-uh. Uh, okay, as J.R. Ewing from Dallas. Um, okay. My one, the one I was telling you, my re- my recast of James Bond. Now it now. I was gonna go Idris Elba, but I felt like that's cheating because he's been flirted with. To like, okay, to, he's been flirted so you recasted with to, James Bond? No, 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 no. This is my like last. Oh, like, oh, that's what my you last say is James one. Bond. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, and I was gonna do, I was gonna do Idris Elba, but I'm like, yeah, that's cheating because like he's already been rumored to take over for uh, okay Daniel okay. Craig. Alexander Draymond, you know who that is? No. Uhtred, son of Uhtred. <gasps> Oh, destiny is all pussycat. I mean, come on. Can you not see oh. that guy playing James Bond? Forget it. Oh, you know what I'm, he looks like. I'm glad hair, no one right? could see my shorts right now. Right. Because come on. Any. Yeah. Oh, probably my favorite show ever. Yeah. If you I, it's hard, if you if you see him without like, you know, in 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 costume for the last kingdom, like he's a short haired, good looking dude with the mustache. That scene in the first season, that episode where with the uh, I, I already forget is it Brom? I don't know if his his uh, accent would play though. Maybe he could Why do a British play? accent. Maybe he could do a British accent. It doesn't say it doesn't sound British in The Last Kingdom, really. No, it's like it's like Viking. Is Viking an accent? <laughs> yeah, like Scandinavian. I think he'd be great. That's my I uh, I was really pumped about that one. I was deter- I, I, the, he the, he got the look for sure. Yeah, I was uh, I was really pumped for that. So. All right. What movie did you recast, or a franchise, or whatever? I I recast re I recasted the Rocky franchise. <laughs> I recasted the Godfather. Okay, uh, it's gonna be cool. All right. Uh, you want to do a one for one, or how do you want to do this? Let's do what. So, and I'm gonna be fair. I did all six movies. So I have. <laughs> hold on. No, so hold on. Hold on. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Now I got. I've got ten characters that I recasted. So I got one, two, three, four, five. All right, yeah, let's go. We'll go one for one here. Yeah, we'll do. I'll do the. Uh, we'll do the main ones. I'll do my main ones first. But go ahead. So go ahead. Who you got? Um, Michael, at the Al Pacino role, I have as Milo Ventimiglia. Really? Okay. From the that this is us show that you watch, right? Yeah, yeah, and also in in Rocky. In Rocky, yeah, he plays Rocky. Yeah, son. Okay. I, I just I just think he has the look, but he has the American accent or, or the American you know dialect. I was yeah, uh, unlike unlike the you know the the veto. I was when I was doing my recasting, I was trying my best to force Tommy Shelby in the role of Michael Corleone, but I just couldn't do it. I, was like, <laughs> I, was like, it just I know, fit. right? It was just because he's such a cool. He he's very similar like the characters, but it just wouldn't yeah. fit for that movie. Yeah, so exactly. Uh, all right, for Rocky, probably the greatest character and movie ever written. I recasted Rocky as our man John Berthall. Shame from The Walking Dead. I I don't hate that. I that's good. I that's not bad. Right? Uh, uh, yeah, I can't get behind that. Okay, that's that's my Rocky. I like it. Um, the Consigliere, Tom, Robert Duvall. I I I'm slotting Matthew McConaughey right Ooh, in. Ooh, I like that. I like that. Yep. Yep. Matthew McConaughey. What what made you think of that? Uh just kind of like he's just that guy that kind of like. Honestly, I'm thinking of uh, Days and Confused McConaughey just kind of like leaning up against the wall in the background and then just kind of slides right in, like right when you need him. Like, <laughs> that's like the consigliere. Like, all right, we actually need to just calm down here because the boss isn't going to want that, you know, like that kind of thing. Yeah, oh, I like so. it. Okay. Um, all right, Apollo Creed. Now, a lot of people be like, well, why wouldn't you have Michael B. Jordan? One, that's too easy. And two, like Apollo Creed and Adonis Creed are nothing alike. 
the two characters. Sure. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, don't, yeah, no, don't do that. Yeah, no, I didn't. So I uh, I recasted Apollo with Jamie Fox. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty much nailed it. Yeah, yeah it's pretty much. I like, yeah, I I think he'd be great at that at that role. Okay, Vito Corleone, the young Vito Corleone, the De Niro role. My man, Peaky Season 4, Adrian Brody. Okay, yeah, you said that when we recapped Season 4. Oh, just slide him right, like, there's nothing more perfect. I love it, ah, I like it, man. Um, I actually have six, sorry. Oh, cool, okay, alright. Uh, Adrian, this, this, this is a little out there. But I picked Mila Kunis as Adrian. Oh, because I think yeah. she, I think she can pull off that like pet store, like I'm not good, I'm good looking, but I don't know it thing, shy thing, and then like the glamorous like heavy world heavyweight champion wife. She, I I like it. I could just yeah. I just I just picture her and her shrill voice going, "You can't win." In, in our, in I was gonna say Marissa Tomei. She also would be good. Uh, yeah, yeah. I guess she's a little older. But so, I like yours better. Yeah, I didn't. Th- well, no, I like Tomei. I just I think she's in the straddle period where. Yeah, yeah. It wouldn't. We wouldn't really bring her back. But yeah. Yep. Okay. Old Brando. Okay. Um, or old Vito as Marlon Brando role. <sighs> I, this one I I, I kind of spent a lot of time on. I was thinking Hugh Jackman. <laughs> okay. But okay, I like I like this one better. Jeff Bridges. Okay, you think he the the, the jaw out? the jaw will play the slicked hair will play and he'll just have to learn the Italian accent. Okay, I don't hate it. I'm trying. To, I'm trying. Yeah, I'm. I'm trying to. I, I'm. I'm too too focused on the Italian, but on the Italian piece of it. Um, He'll have to learn the Italian accent, but he's got the jaw and the slicked hair back. Okay, all right. I don't hate it. You got any other? Uh, you got any suggestions for that one? Uh, that was the I'm, only I'm one that was thi- tripping me. I'm thinking of it now. Well, I remember I I had Brando playing uh, Kenny KGB, but I don't. I definitely don't think he could flop those guys. Um, no. Uh. Uh-uh, yeah. Oh man, who would be a great older Vito Corleone? Um, I couldn't think that. That's the closest I got was Bridges. I, I thought it was pretty good, but um, I think no. I listen. I don't. I don't. I don't hate I Clooney. Don't think, I I was thinking Clooney. Yeah, but, he's too. He's, he's too clean. Yeah, yeah, clean, yeah. yeah. Nah, I don't. I don't. I don't like the Clooney one. Um. Anyway, let's oh, just geez. keep going. No, it's good. Now, think now about I, really, I really. I mean, as I go through mine, maybe I can think of. Uh, if there's anybody out there that I Tom would... Hardy, like, but like he's British, like I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, and Tom Hardy's more of a sunny anyway. Um, yeah. All right, Mickey. Great role. You're not gonna know this guy off the cuff. Dayton Collie. Mickey. This is th- yeah, Dayton Collie. This is the oh guy Mick. That... Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, Mick. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, this is the guy that played Jeremiah. You'll you'll know him as Jeremiah Otto from Fear the Walking Dead. The the guy he was the cowboy who owned the land, but he's, oh. he's better known he's better known by a lot of our listeners as um, he's the uh, the the sheriff or the chief of police in Sons of Anarchy. Uns, Wayne Unser. He was in something else too. That guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I he's. Gotcha. Got, I was trying to think of like an older guy. I was like, who could do that? And then I just kept. If you saw Sons, you would get it more. Um, I just know that okay. you know him for you. That was someone you would know from. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But he's he's my Mickey. Yep. Okay, Fredo. And and um 
my mom kind of balked at this one, but I think this is this is dead on. Um, I, I can't believe I didn't think of Sonny. Good call, but um, I don't I don't actually have Sonny. But Fredo, Nick Cage. <laughs> I like it. I'm smart. Yeah, I'm thinking just that like crazy wild partying person. I'm oh, I'm thinking of leaving Las Vegas, Nick Cage, basically, because he was kind of like balding in that, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking of, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, I like that. I actually was thinking about Jonah Hill in that role. <laughs> All right, well, you know what? It's funny you say that because the only other one I have is Hyman Roth, and I had Jonah Hill for that. <laughs> I could I, I, I could see Jonah Hill could do uh, what do you call it? Uh, Mo Green too. So you haven't seen Wolf of Wall Street yet, so that's a whole different side of it. Yeah, Mo Green, Hyman Roth, you can you can kind of like interchange those, yeah, but yeah, I I, th I think Jonah Hill would be good for that. Yeah, so for Jonah, um, you go ahead and bring us home. All right, I'm gonna start rattling some of these off. All right, uh, Paulie, I got the role of Paulie Kim Coates, who you'll know. He recently he's the guy who played the big sponsor in the crew that we just watched with Kevin James. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's again. <laughs> I I picked that based on his role in Sons of Anarchy. Uh, I think he'd be a tremendous Paulie in a recast of Rocky. Okay. Um, Duke, who was Apollo Creed's changer, mm -hmm. or trainer, the one and only Lenny James. Oh, good job! Right. Well done. Imagine, dude. Imagine him giving the speech to Rocky in uh, in Hurt Rocky and Four. Bombs. Yeah, well, that one too, but in Rocky Four, where he's oh, giving the speech okay. about, I know you're gonna have to do this by yourself. Apollo was like a son to me, but now it's your time. Yeah, oh, dude. I yeah, I was really pumped about. That's why I started to be like, I'm just gonna recast the whole franchise because I I couldn't leave yeah. him off. Um, all right, Clubber Lang. Now this is kind of out there. Okay. Deontay Wilder. <laughs> well, yeah. Because I mean, sure. what did what did how many lines did Mr. T have in that movie? What maybe fifty nine? Yeah, and like just just like I mean just like or Deontay Wilder bomb squad like just like yelling and shit. Sure. Um, I liked him, and then I also recasted Thunderlips as Tyson Fury. So the Hulk Hogan role as Tyson oh, Fury. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Messing around Rocky in the beginning. Um, Ivan Drago, Chris Helmsworth. Yeah. Thor. Yeah. Just has to be there and look pretty. I mean, he can act too, but, you know, just sitting there all buff and, and beautiful. Yeah. Just going. If he dies, he dies. Um, Tommy Gunn, I recasted as Ch er, Channing Tatum just because the movie yeah. sucked. So I was like, yep. yeah. That that'd be a movie they put Channing Tatum and think he was gonna <laughs> he he could take over the franchise at one point. Oh, you know what? I totally forgot one. Now you say Channing Tatum, I I totally overlooked this, and this was not in Godfather, but God. um, you know you know who I I, I recasted uh for the the main role in Top Gun, Zac Efron. Oh, I yeah. Oh my God, is the Cruise character? Yeah, yeah, I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna do the dude. I was gonna do the same thing, but then I was like, I don't want to. I really don't want to bring back Zac Efron because he's a terrible actor. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to. Yeah, it just made me think of it when you were like, yeah, just like look pretty and like like be kind of like a bad like yeah, like a like a like a woo kind of thing. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. go ahead. Well, I was gonna, Zac, Zac Efron actually maybe might have been Luke Skywalker if he was around in the eighties. <laughs> yeah. At that point. Um, and then I recasted Mason the Line Dixon from Rocky Six, who was played by. Um, Antonio Talbot. There's only one right answer here, but go ahead. Roy Jones Jr. No, oh, I, 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 I would I, say Timothy Bradley, but um, could could Timothy Bradley pass as a heavyweight though? Uh, I, I mean, can Stallone pass as a heavyweight? I, I mean, yeah, he looks like a heavyweight. All right. 
I like. I listen. I I, I dig. Was the, Tarver actually a heavyweight? No, but he was at least up there. Well, like, that's my point. Well, he was like one seventy five. Like Tim Bradley's like one forty seven. I like. I, I I actually I was surprised they didn't use Roy Jones Jr. Now you're screwing with me because one forty seven is not even a weight class. Yes, it is. You're joking, right? You're joking. That's Terrence Crawford's weight class, you moron. <laughs> you're joking. Um, I like. I think Roy Jones Jr. would have been awesome, and like, I think you would have got more eyes on the movie. Too. I mean, again, I know your sister irrationally didn't like the movie, but um, I think it did really well in the box office. But imagine Roy Jones Jr. in that role too, because that was like peak Roy Jones. He just I mean, hey, look, he did, I love Roy Jones Jr. He did the Matrix. I I, I think yep. he would have been the perfect boxer to, to slide in that role, because no one. I don't even think that many people knew who uh, who Tarver was. Tarver, yeah. Tarver, whatever. Yeah. See, I can't even get his name right. And I get everybody. He was only the champion. That's all. Yeah. So that make sure. Hold on. Make sure I didn't miss anybody. No, I got them all. That's my. That's my Rocky franchise. Oh, beautiful. All right. I still can't think anybody who I'd have as uh as the Godfather man. Just he's so iconic, Brando. Yeah, maybe we'll we'll address that next week and just think on it. But all right, man. This was good. Um. We uh we might have another guest next week and maybe even the week after. Um, wow. my buddy Stro, maybe the uh the nightcap recap guys here coming up. Um, but yeah, we're we're gonna have uh, we're probably gonna get back to more just just newsy type stuff. But um, this was some fun stuff. This 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 uh I I really sunk my teeth into uh into this recasting so we're gonna yeah we might, we might make this a regular thing but we'll do it more small scale each week yeah yeah maybe some more small scale stuff that's good yep cool. cool man all right drew good talk see you out there big kisses sit down pull you that first round you got an open count toss it out everybody's cold right now Stir up the crowd, get you that second round. Go on and throw it out, talk about anything that makes you get loud.